Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the podcast where we review old cartoons or new movies. <laughs> Fairly recent movies. Yes. We, we see recent movies based on old cartoons and something something as adults. Yes. <laughs> and today... Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. The year was so, 2012, and Ben told Zane to watch a, ben, ben told Zane to watch a little show called Gurren Lagann. Now this was Zane's first exposure oh, yeah. to Studio Gainax. Yeah, how did it, how did that happen? We should probably so this is just going to be a lengthy digression on Gurren Lagann, and then we'll talk about the movie Promare. But you have to give us a minute, audience, because there's like a lot of history that we need to percolate over. Today we're watching the movie Promare. Um, yeah, so Promare came out in 2019. It was produced by Studio Trigger and X-Flag with 3D CG by Sanzengen. Um, no, 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 no Zane. That. I'm, I'm not yet interested in Promare. We're going down this rabbit hole of what happened Studio when I... Studio Trigger was formed in 2011 from ex-Gynax <laughs> employees, in particular, <laughs> director Hiroyuki Imaishi, uh, who directed Gurren Lagann and Kill la Kill. Uh, and remember, when you hear Gynax, think big boobs and bigger romat- robots. Yeah, so um, I came to Gurren Lagann, like many a young lad, in the heady days of my early college experience. Mm-hmm. I had not conceived of a show that was so on front street about what it was trying to portray. Cause... And like, there's there's some there's some weird nostalgia for 80s action that I never had about 80s action, but got from watching Gurren Lagann. The the 2000 teenager anime experience was very different from the 80s and 90s teenager anime experience uh, where you would see like bootlegs of Akira and like this is hardcore but also taboo. Right. Whereas we got like Amtaro and we're like, this is neat and different. Um, but it's not pushing a lot of envelopes. Like a lot of the stuff that we saw was and, very and it wasn't sane. Really too, and it wasn't really to a like the easier sells in animation for uh, the U.S. were things that kind of cribbed on early like existing animation mm-hmm. markets in the U.S. So you have your you have your um, your He-Man. Thundercats era stuff, bleeding into DuckTales, bleeding into like kind of early Nickelodeon stuff. And it's all young boys. Young boys, not really like ba- ba- barely teenagers, mm-hmm. barely legal. And as teenagers. far as marketing con- is concerned, girls don't exist. Girls do not exist until She Ra. Uh, <laughs> and then they only exist. But th- the thing that happens is what were the anime that were coming over? Well, they were. You know, Cowboy Bebop, Roroni Kenshin, things that would appeal to a teen whom was a young boy for DuckTales and Thundercats. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of already an open market. And then the boys start getting a little tired of the same old samurai shampoos. Yeah, yeah. They want to start watching things like fighting foodons. Gotta get on that fighting <laughs> Is that Was that your point? Ben, I can't I make fried rice anymore was. without saying fried rice or myself. Fried ricer. I... <laughs> Okay, so we're 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 jumping around a lot because we have a lot of thoughts, but we're trying to come to Studio Gainax and Gurren Lagann from a point of reference that we don't have, which is a person unfamiliar 
with Gurren Lagann. We're mm-hmm. too familiar with Gurren Lagann. We cannot work backward from it very <laughs> easily. So I'm trying to I'm trying to lead up into a discussion of what the fuck am I talking about? And right. it's not going great, Zane. Yeah, so when you introduced me to uh, Gurren Lagann, this was sort of anime hitting the adult mainstream. Um, That's a good way to put it. Because even... You know, even though it was gaining general acceptance in the U.S. in the 90s and 2000s, it was still clearly aimed for children. And well, uh, the 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 way Cartoon Network uh, dealt with it, like kind of mirrored that, yeah. right? We you had the tsunami block, and then you had the Adult Swim a little mm-hmm. later on, kind of introducing people kinda, to the darker stuff. And you're you're right in there with the Adult Swim bits. And so, um, by this point, the anime watching audience was getting a little older looking for novelty show me something i've never seen before this was kind of the era of prestige tv like everyone was craving something new and distinctive and to come to something like gurren lagan at that time which is an anime about you know it it sounds very like everything else good boys fighting robots you know the power yeah, of friendship it's, it's- it's the intonation that really sets it apart. It's it's not the construction. It's it's the style points. To to put this into a, a less anime watching audience's uh, understanding, imagine if all you've seen your whole life are like fifties and sixties movies, which are just adaptations of plays and like recorded once, and then you see like a, a Michael Bay film, like or or like a Star Wars, or like yeah something like a like a Star Wars coming in and being like lasers exist yeah for for your visual eyes no that's just, star wars coming in with special effects is actually probably a pretty good point of reference to yeah. keep in mind for studio trigger nay gynax's um <laughs> popularity right right i mean this this whole maximalist aesthetic um it can feel very schlocky at times uh see michael bay but when it hits it hits and i think this you know, uh, Gurren Lagann was the first time that it hit for me, and I had not really seen anything else that that rose to that initial level. Yeah, there, there, there have been fighting anime with people shouting their attacks, but mm-hmm. it wasn't done in a way that makes you feel like you're part of the joke, like that that you're along for the ride. Like th- this is a roller coaster, and you're you're a passenger in it. Mm-hmm. It all kind of felt maybe perfunctory or without point. Gurren Lagann was kind of the first point where I was like, it's awesome that this guy is this much of a dipshit and that the animation is is promise is is giving him so much space to run around in being a dipshit. Like the the notion of stating your ideals in a dramatic speech is 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 hackneyed. In, yeah. in the anime circles. But with Gurren Lagann, you have like this ironic twist to it that doesn't actually sacrifice any of what made it cool to begin with. So yeah. it, 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 there's, uh, and, and in the Gynax, you know, uh, age, or, you know, the age of Gynax, uh, this is a step on the evolutionary ladder that Gynax went through, right? Because, because early Gynax, earlier Gynax. It, it was playing it straight it wasn't self-reflective of itself in its place in the medium it was just big for big sake 
Evangelion had gigantic robots. Yeah. And they were... They were the sexual expression of teenagers. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all true. Let's not pretend <laughs> that's not true. It's clearly but part Lagan of it. Shown a light on it and like put a sensor bar over the genitals as opposed to tastefully masking them with background scenery. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's just a different level of expression there. Yeah, and like we saw in um, Ren and Stimpy, where the fact that it could be so cruel made the sweet parts feel much sweeter. The fact yeah. that this studio's oeuvre is so goofy makes the, like, message of, you know, working together and empowerment feel more real because comparatively everything else is so much more schlocky. If you take any line from Gurren Lagan <clears throat> and look at it in isolation, it looks like a, a meme of someone making fun of Gurren Lagann. Like, yeah. it, it looks like the An Adventurer Is You in a Kingdom of Loathing style, where, like, this is a joke on this property. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, you, you take a line, like, don't believe in yourself, believe in the me that believes <laughs> in you. And you're laughing because it's silly, but also I have a wellspring of emotion tied to that phrase because it hits it hits both the epic and the silly points well enough and doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't leave either of them by the wayside and like the the core philosophy of that show is like if you push forward it doesn't matter how slowly but as long as you are consistent you will break through any obstacle and it, it it gets that metaphor with a drill and they explicitly say many times guys the drill is the metaphor for this point. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, so clearly Ben and I have so many thoughts about Gurren Lagann that, like, there's no way we'd actually be able to contain it in an episode about Gurren Lagann. It would just be all it, over it the would, place. Yeah, it wouldn't be um, a productive point of reference. But, or but or this, it wouldn't be a productive expression of the, our time. The smattering of ideas and, and impressions that we have is what we, and I think a lot of people who saw this movie, took to Promare, which is clearly by the same people it, it there's nothing more by the same people than this mm-hmm. like you like in comparison take any two plays by billy shakes and say this is the same guy and i'd be like what are you talking about these are worlds apart well actually there's but a you, lot you, of you, uh you know academic discussion no, 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 about no, no, whether the same hear, person i don't want to hear actual <laughs> i don't want to hear actual logic in our promare discussions <laughs> no that's that's gonna get us nowhere if you're gonna tell me something you better be fighting me with it. <laughs> yeah we're back in akira <laughs> so that's the that's the other okay so there's two points of reference for the movie promare the first of is all of the gynax studio trigger stuff mm-hmm. we'll get into the specifics of it there are a lot of visual and 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 musical flares and techniques that are used that are vi- like very clearly this comes from the same creators a point that you also mentioned is, is about how Gurren Lagann lacks subtlety boy oh boy does this movie have no chill mm-hmm. on its on its theming like there is zero subtlety I think this also uh one of the main references is um I think there was a movie where, like, there's fire that's alive from another universe. They parodied it in an episode of Sliders, but I couldn't find the original movie. That, that sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Um, but, but the other point of reflection, the other reference that we should pull from, is something that is very idea-dense 
and subtle with his messaging, mm-hmm. uh, Akira. Yeah. And that there is such... It is useful to have that as kind of like a a different a different thing to point to instead of all of these anime we're familiar with. Because if you compare Promare to any Trigger anime or Gainax anime, well, you're running up against the movie to TV mm-hmm. paradigm where like they, they can't really be graded in a similar ballpark. Akira is, is in a similar place in terms of we have a political message, we want to carry it through with big mechs and explosions and... Yeah, yeah, and and cyber and cyberpunk. This right. this is cyberpunk. We have another cyberpunk on our hands. Well, here and and here's the thing: if some other studio that was less known for being self aware about itself made Promare, we'd say, "Oh, they just tried to do an Akira and, yeah, and they fucked tried, it they up tri- because they're yeah, too they silly." <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, can I can I say also one of my main takeaways in um, comparing this to Akira is that we, you might not remember this. In Akira, we were constantly talking about how there's two ways to make a work great, uh-huh. and one is to pare it down to the bare essentials, and the other is the Akira approach, <laughs> where you just throw everything in there, and if you hit a stumbling block, it doesn't matter because there's a bunch of other stuff to look at. Mm-hmm. This is this is the opposite. This is this is the pared down, uh, honed to a razor's edge approach. We are. We are specifically tuning toward our strengths, yep. and there is very little on the cutting room floor beyond that. And and I think we'll talk about the approach that uh, this movie took and the approach Akira took when we get into the discussion of the animation, because again, mm-hmm. similar yet uh, different approaches, right? Like th- that same, we're going to do this, da- we're going to pare it down versus we're going to explode it out, same, same approach. Um, it, it's interesting, and, and it like kind of speaks to the strength of the genre that it can have those two different types of articulation. Yeah, absolutely. And um, frankly, I think Akira works better because it works better. Like the cyberpunk aesthetic, to me, feels like it should be kind of crowded yeah. and, and amorphous. But yeah, the, 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 I, feels, I can also see the strengths of this. Akira feels like a living, breathing world. This feels like the world building will be knocked over with a strong breeze if you look anywhere but the plot we're specifically looking at and even then oh yeah um yeah (laughs) yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it speaking of inspirations uh the creative team cited the fast and the furious franchise uh for part of their inspiration which when you look at the way that the shots are cut in order to like draw the eye to the best part of the action and just kind of keep things constantly moving i totally get it there's there's a particular shot angle. I don't know what kind of angle it is. I don't think it's a Kubrick angle, but like where it's a car and it's sort of coming toward you, but the the, the camera is tilted, so mm-hmm. it's kind of coming up and to your left. Them Duke they, boys they, angle. The Duke boys <laughs> angle, maybe. I don't know. Like I, I don't know enough about cars in cinema to really rank it, but there is a specific way to make a car look good in animation, and they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the director also joked that the original idea for the movie was a version of Les Miserables but with zombies that I, I hope that's a joke but also it sounds great I, I I'm kind of coming to the point of it doesn't really matter what the, what, what the studio says. triggers original intent was right it's it's all gonna look vaguely like it's gonna look 
angular and pastel once we're through with it. Sure. Like, there's not really... Everything gets sacrificed on the altar of pastel angles. Also on the note of directorial (laughs) intent, uh, we are dealing with a, you know, 30 years in the future, as you say, a cyberpunk, there's political unrest, there's turmoil. 30 years after after an apocalypse event. And things are doing kind of okay. Um, yeah, we've we've reached kind of a stabilizing point. What but, is this? Akira? But you know, there there's a permanent underclass. There's civil strife. There's a climactic disaster on the horizon. But again, the director says there's no political allegories here. I'm, I'm beginning to think that just like in Japan, you're not allowed to say that it's a political movie. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, that that's what I'm taking away. Yeah, from it, that. it's it's the Japanese equivalent of. Uh, any depictions of celebrities is entirely incidental. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it, you, they, you, they just give it the disclaimer. Now he, to, now to he looks like Tom it. Cruise, and we call him Tom Cruise, but it's... You can't <laughs> do a cyberpunk and not be political. It's baked into the genre. It, yeah, see punk, also see cyber. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all over the place. And there's so many similarities between this and Akira that I was like, you better believe I had it under a microscope with a scalpel. For like, sure. There is political ideology in this. It's not particularly subtle, and it's pretty unwieldy. But again, that's because it's sacrificed on the altar of pastel angles. Yeah, like yeah. there's 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 no room for it. Um, the the way the movie is structured is like three or four amazing multi minute action sequences with like amazing confusing animation, and then everything else is like sitting around exposition. It it a little bit reminded me of um. It, it a little bit reminded me of Trigun in its in its approach to um, narrative composition mm-hmm. of like we're gonna have Vash being cool, but until he's cool, he has to look like an enormous ponce, <laughs> right? And, and the whole and the whole work does exactly that. Like you can't be cool without also being a ponce. Yeah, yeah. And we have a lot of exposition, uh, it, like the characters just say to each other. I I don't think there's that much. But again, it's because I was comparing it to Akira, where they go over the top with the exposition. I didn't find there to be that much in the way of exposition. There's like one scene with too much exposition. And then the rest of the time, it's just... Here's the thing that Studio Trigger does. They, 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 they show you a boy what becomes a volcano dragon. Uh-huh. And they make you believe... That there was no other way for the scene to go. Yeah, you're underselling like, it. it. He was also a samurai. The the <laughs> it was logically it was a logical necessity of the scene for this boy to turn into a volcano's samurai dragon. Also, that happens like at an hour in, and the movie's two hours. I couldn't believe there's more. I'm like, there's more. This, I this is climax the, shit. <laughs> there are is... so many moments that are like a climax, but that that's that's what. The, the, that's what the animation tells you mm-hmm. is just focus in you just need to watch us being cool for a while mm-hmm. we'll get back to the exposition later when it back when it when it matters <laughs> when we have to do it in order to get to the next scene of action in this scene we're turning the animation and action sliders up to high and everything else low in the next scene we're turning the exposition and pastel high and everything else low <laughs> yeah um uh but yeah so this is uh, overall a very uh, you know good ride. I think it's definitely a uh, fun watch. Um, it's very pretty. 
it's it's a very pretty piece of animation mm -hmm. uh it, it yeah because it looks it makes a lot of choices that make it look very distinct um and cool even when it's simple um yeah which i like and we'll get to specific points well that that's kind of the the distinction between this and akira that i kind of honed in on is that the the visual clutter in akira was all built to make it feel bogged down like every everything was like kind of a desolate thing um, there was detritus everywhere. There are, like, not that many objects that you're keeping track of mm -hmm. in Promare. Yeah. It's, it's mostly, like, energy and lines of action. It looks like an enormous dogfight most of the time. And, and you're not Like really, a Star Wars. And you can only really focus in on one or two objects at a time because they're, they're stylized in such a way that you need to process what they are, right? Fire doesn't look like fire. It looks like Picasso's like rendering of fire can can i um can i texture this discussion with a discussion about the character modeling yeah because like i found that this was like this this is this is genius level approach to animating <laughs> a movie they recognize that the characters do not need to have textured expressions yep um they are they are very minimalist in terms of like the ways their faces can look. The main character kind of only has two or three different looks, and also his hair goes over his eye, and they just, like, they don't bother with blocking. They just translucency layer this so you can <laughs> see the eye sometimes. Yep. And, and so and all of the facial features, it, like, it's a couple of lines. Like, there's there's not that much going on in the faces, because the faces aren't what te what is telling you what's important. The things that are telling you what that is important is this action geometry and light work right. that kind of directs all the action. Like, the, the character modeling is very much to the back end. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're, you're aware of these characters as their function, like, aside from the main, like, couple of guys. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't know, really remember their names. You don't, you can't bring their face to mind. You might recognize a couple pieces of uh, equipment or clothing or something, but primarily they are servicing the action and the story. Every time I saw Kamina's big old cargo shorts, every time I saw his parachute pants, I was like, oh yeah, he has clothing. Yeah, his name is not Kamina like, though. I know it's not Kamina, but that's how I'm going to be referring to him. Because look at him. <laughs> Kamina, a major character from Gurren Lagann. Again, one of the amazing things that they did in Gurren Lagann where you're like, there's no way that they tried that is they just killed off the main character eight episodes in. Yeah, by far the most popular character uh, the guy even after he was gone he's the yeah, guy like, it's the guy it's and he didn't Mr. like come Gurren back <laughs> i have a i have a a, a, a Gurren lagon flag in my in my hallway right now and it's just his shades <laughs> yeah his shades are just a visual motif that all of the robots wear and they like, knew it, it, they knew making this movie let's make our main character the guy you see in the trailer just, look yeah. like him it should just be kamina yeah, yeah never have him wear a shirt shirts <laughs> are for squares right um how can i have burning sexual tension if i'm wearing a shirt that's just gonna get in the way <laughs> but it's the opposite he has to put out all the fires he has to put out the fires there's a very and speaking of squares neat moment of, of that later <laughs> and speaking of squares zane sure let's let's focus in on one more element of the trigger formula which doesn't happen a lot which is this 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 expression of regular geometry to denote something sci-fi or fantastical they get away with so much with shapes in this 
where they communicate something cool, but on the screen it's just a bunch of triangles flashing past each other. Well, yeah, in in a particular direction. Um, a lot of the time, the like the 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 skyline, the 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 sun's rays coming down are perfect rectangles. Yep. Like you would never do perfect rectangles for sunlight ever. Like it just it, that is not how it physically works. But it's the way that this shows it. And something about the regular shapes is its own visual identity. Uh, I kind of drew a direct line between this and Tron, actually. You know, yeah. one of the progenitors of the cyberpunk aesthetic in 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 media. Yeah. Um, you know, having this light trail follow our vehicles. That happens here. Mm-hmm. It it happens in both directions. It both has like this. If if a robot is flying towards something, it's got like a, a light wake behind it, but it also has like this this aura in front of it. Yeah, everything's but, comets. Like, everything's comets and and triangles and squares. Mm-hmm. Like it, the the amount of I I don't know how to describe. That they just use basic shapes to, to, and it's and it's to a purpose here, right? Because the other world, the element, the supernatural element in Promare, is always accompanied by these regular shapes. Like so, it, it yeah. is both a visual identity of Studio Trigger, but also communicates through the verbiage, the the, the visual verbiage of this movie, what is and is not normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's and like that's in, that's important in a movie like this <laughs> because nothing looks normal. Everything looks hyper stylized, batshit insane, over stylized Jackson Pollock madness. Yeah, like so you you need some. Uh, how are we gonna separate the normies from the aliens? Well, they both they both you you require earplugs to look at either of them. <laughs> But this one just is more concentrated in the in regular geometries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and um, I think another point uh, in favor of this, in terms of getting the audience hype for it, is the soundtrack. So this is uh, by Hiroyuki Sawano, um, who has done a number of really highly acclaimed anime soundtracks, uh, Attack on Titan in particular, as mm-hmm. well as the anime trailer for the new magic the gathering wilds of eldraine set that yeah, came out looking, today yeah that apparently the same guy YouTube feed and i'm just like this is an anime get your magic the gathering out of my anime i've got internal conflict that i don't know how to deal with so i'm gonna jump to another planet as opposed to having therapy and yeah that's another thing this is like yet another example of yeah. japanese media nuking a planet because they don't have therapy like yep. <laughs> just import everything we said from akira it applies here <laughs> oh but i'm being i'm i'm you know keeping the strong and eliminating the weak or i'm saving the masses at the expense of the few but i don't know enough about what's going on <laughs> yeah um, but the the uh song list a, a lot of it kind of um you know takes this central theme uh, that's really like a pump-up anthem. Like you can feel there's a, like there's a couple pump-up jams. You can there. feel the crowd kind of yelling. I always got distracted because to me the chorus sounds a little bit like the chorus of Poker Face. It's it's a little J-poppy. It's like, a little, there's, yeah. there's 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 a there's a bit to it that doesn't feel particular. I don't think that the music was particularly well matched in this movie. To be honest, like there were a couple jams that I would I'm totally behind. Yeah, it didn't, but, didn't um, work fully. 
there there's there's an integration of the music to the the animation that I don't think is is particularly well expressed. Yeah, I In, think a um, few of the tracks are uh, sung by Superfly, which is a, a you know pop style band. Yeah, no, I, I would expect that like given trigger's prominence in recent years that it was able to put some money behind it whereas maybe beforehand back in the back in the Gurren Lagann days they got pretty highly experimental instead mm-hmm. like like Libera Me from Hell the rap opera that is like the thesis of <laughs> Gurren Lagann that is in a way, I think that Promare maybe like pulled itself back from the brink in a way that wasn't helpful. Because the thing is, there's so much visual noise that you you don't really have to do much to make the music complement. Yeah, you don't and need a huge dynamic range. You don't need a huge dynamic range. But what I found was it kind of, to me, it, it felt like it sort of clashed, especially with the vocals. And I, I don't know sure. if that's just my preconceptions of what a, of what a studio trigger should do. <laughs> I don't know if it works for some and not for me. It's just a subjective thing. Or it may just not have been the most important part of uh, creating this. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I was not floored by the musical choices and integration. Yeah, I think I think they use it during those big action scenes to good effect, and then it kind of fades the rest of the time. There are a couple that I'll call out for being particularly good. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a need some work. Um, I want um, to ask whether you went with the sub or the dub. Oh, I, I'm, uh, I went for, I went with the sub. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. Did you dub it? I did go for the dub because I saw that, uh, Leo Fotia was voiced by Johnny Young Bosch. Johnny Young Bosch. Yep. Um, and Gallo Timos, all of the names are like this, by the way. Gallo Timos is, uh, Billy Kamitz in the English, uh, who's known for voicing Josuke in JoJo's part four. Uh, Same, as... believe me, I wrote all this down. What? Don't don't you worry about that. Yeah, no, it it I saw that all of the um the Japanese voice actors were um were were people I'd never heard of and all the English voice actors and I'm like, oh it's Johnny Young Vosh again. Yeah, they, they they did the similar thing for um <clears throat> Lupin. Uh but yeah, unfortunately Billy Kamets uh died last year, sadly. So I've heard um it seemed like he was a real like rising star in the in the anime voiceover realm. Yeah, he. What was the other one that I had noted for? It was it was that and one other. In terms um, of like famous people you recognized. In in terms of works. Uh, oh, he did Rising of the Shield Hero. That's he the, the one. Hero. Yeah, he, he did was, the White Blood Cell from Cells at Work. Sure, sure. I I I recognized him as the Rising of the Shield Hero guy. But yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of famous voice talent. You know, Stephen Bloom shows up. Um, <laughs> Carrie Walgren is here as like a lab tech there's there there is um i actually found the sub fantastic i didn't recognize any of these voices but they they were kind of archetypes i'm familiar with like the gruff general guy i've heard a bunch of him in my anime experiences it it wasn't this Mm -hmm. specific guy doing that voice but it's of a piece yeah they're 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 doing the uh they're doing the archetypes the only characters who really need definition are our main boys and honestly only one of our main boys is really like depthy like a like a character (laughs) yeah that well i'm not i don't think that any of them are really people in terms of the amount of depth they would need to be people Mm. i mean like i guess i guess uh leo and by the way um i don't think that i'm 
I don't think we have the names quite right because of the Japanese RL thing. So it, your mileage may vary on that as well. I think it might be Rio, it might be um, Garo, but uh, mm-hmm. either way, we're gonna we're gonna refer to them as the way it it is in our notes: Galo and uh, Leo, I believe. Yep. And General Cray Cray. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, we have our we have our main guy who is Kamino. We have it's Gallo Timos. He is the world's greatest firefighter. He puts out all the flames because of his burning soul. It, it's a lot of like posturing, overly masculine manliness, but like in a somewhat wholesome way. It's, it's very wholesome because there's no toxicity to it because he's not trying to get anything out of it. Like he's not posturing to anyone. He's posturing for himself. He's yeah. he's doing the Johnny Bravo of. This is just my conception of what a man is, so I'm just going to express <laughs> it at the world with every pore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have um, no, then, I have no limit on how much of that I will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Leophotia. So um, the main conceit of Promare is that some people are mutants and they are burnish, and that means that they have fire powers, some with more control than others, and so that's created this sort of permanent underclass who are viewed with suspicion. See the mutants from X-Men. We found another Magneto. Yeah, it's another uh, Magneto, Magneto again. And this Magneto is Leophotia, who is dressed and looks like a real Bishanin, like a like a sexy boy kind of anime guy. When they when they had um in the first He's fight got ruffles. when his when his mask falls off and it and mm. he gives the Bishanin face, I'm just like I, I dude it's it's like th- that's that's the love at first fight uh yeah. trope complete it's like, like this soft boy is too soft for this for, for my burning role. for my burning soul <laughs> for for a terrorist leader <laughs> <laughs> well he has to be um and then the primary antagonist is uh cray foresight um voiced by crispin freeman is Crispin Freeman, voice of Regal from Tales of Symphonia. That's all I recognize. (laughs) But he does a lot of things. Um, Of course. I could have sworn this was All Might. Like, look at him. Oh, I Uh, mean, he's of a piece with um, Kill a Kill. Like, uh, there's there's a general in the high school army, because that's how Kill a Kill rolls, that that looks very similar to this guy named, I think, Gamaguri. I don't remember Kill mm -hmm. a Kill super well, but, like, anyone you see in Promare, you've seen before in other Trigger. Yeah. Um this and, is uh, yeah, he's he's very much a kill to kill design. And Cray is the governor of Promepolis, which is the city. Uh he's basically led them out of a dark age toward the future, but oh no, he's doing a genocide. Uh you kind of can can look at him and tell that he's up to some something shady. Yeah, there's there's no subtlety to his nefariousness. The, the big downside I my big problem with this movie is specifically this character being just a just i'm evil like it, it yeah he, he does a turn and it's real sudden and the thing is trigger did this better they like knew how to do this in gurren Lagan with rossiu like almost like, the exact same idea is oh we have to suppress everyone because if there are too many people then the world is doomed because it'll invite these interplanetary yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, invaders it's, it's the classic like utilitarian but flawed villain like a thanos yeah um but like you don't need them to be evil 
sadists for that to work. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, just, it works better without. It's just a little <laughs> too much. Like, there's a few too many scenes where he's just, like, devouring puppies to convince us that he's evil. Like, yeah. there's just... One would have been enough. One would have been plenty. It, I, I think that the plot well articulates enough the necessity at, from his point of view in that point in sure. time to justify it. And he even gets mm-hmm. not a redemption, but he is spared by the end of the piece, which makes me think that maybe he shouldn't have been portrayed as so much of a one-note villain, but yeah, he bums me yeah. out. Um, Yeah, but aside from them, like every character gets a like flash-in title card drop. Um, which is like really stylish. Oh yeah, but the font they chose is unreadable. <laughs> I mean, like I'm I'm not reading it for the, you know, for the fonts. Well, they don't like say their names frequently enough, so I just know them by the way they look. And when you go and look up the list of names, my goodness, Ben, these are some names. Yeah. Couple of choice ones. We have Buyer Colossus. Buyer Colossus. No, that's like his secretary's name. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one um, guy who? eats a full pizza and is remarked to have supernatural strength and it's never brought up again. Yeah, that's Varys Truss. Yeah, yeah Varys. Varys the spider. Varys the jacked Varys. spider. <laughs> we got Harris Artibit and her sister Ina Artibit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vulcan Hastus and Deus Prometh. Yeah, the Deuses are back. The Deuses are back and they're deader In than ever. In robot form. <laughs> In computer form. Mm-hmm. They Zordoned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, like, again, the parts of the movie that they emphasize and the parts they de-emphasize can be summed up by, we encountered this uh, computer that gave us exactly what we needed at exactly the right time, but it also explicitly says that, like, if we hadn't just shown up, everybody would have died, and also he named his machine the Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> if you've got a name, like... like do, do care here, don't care yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, they really clue in the audience. Yeah, you get it, audience. You get it. Yeah, we start with a um, black and white stylized, like, uh, with with the music behind it um, and some abstract fractal credits going on. But, like, what, what did you think of this shot of just, like, people in stressful situations just like flashing between a couple people in traffic, somebody with domestic abuse. I love the implication that being in traffic is just as bad as domestic abuse until we finally see just some other people this, this happens to where they just, they burst into flames. It's awesome. I, I and, think and this is the first time we see that stylized flame. It's more stylized than the rest of the movie because they, yeah, yeah. they, they, they pull the contrast all the way apart wherein everything's kind of a grainy black and white photo, it very much feels like the beginning of Akira when you see that nuke. Um, Mm -hmm. Everything is that black and white filter, and there's no color. And then all of a sudden, these people explode into these bursts of pink and blue geometric fire that, like, Mm -hmm. it cuts through the, the, the visual identity that has been... Like, it, it, it's very much teaching you through visceral through through just like in a visceral way this is a game changer like you were yeah. not ready for this either in an animation or visual style or as a you know in a in that common cyberpunk thing the, the tech or the supernatural thing is beyond our control like this pink mm-hmm. blue fire completely sets the tone of, of this is a that's a good cyberpunk you did a good cyberpunk 
And it cuts between all these different scenes very quickly in a way that, like, you barely register, like, the before, the incident, the after, and then it's on to the next one, mm-hmm. um, which is very effective. We get this sort of, like, overlay uh, montage of news reporting on the burnish. Oh, and, and I love this fast newsreel. Just fast newsreel of not just the initial event, but then the social upheaval. We see people, like, pro-burnish, so anti-burnish. Good. Yeah, this and is like, the thing that they didn't do this in Akira. backdrop. <laughs> this is the thing that they didn't do in Akira that is maybe a little bit more focused on in this, like the, the social fallout. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm way into it. And they, they just come out and say, like, the Great World Blaze wiped out half the population. Okay. <laughs> well, it, in the similar Akira thing, like, we need to know the stakes so that we understand the fallout for the next 30 years. We, we have to understand yeah. why this created an underclass, not merely because some people can be set on fire uh, spontaneously. Um, yeah, it's like... But like a, the way everyone enough, deals with it. It's a huge enough event where th- it's impossible to let the past die. Pre and it's, post-COVID. It's, like it's a watershed moment. I was thinking the Holocaust, but yeah. I, I, I went for the less aggressive one, but fair enough. Well, there, there, there's enough. It is a Japanese problem. Look, I understand. I like. I, I thought we got through enough of it with with Akira, but uh, if you when when they when they really the got to bring it back they, up, they use pink triangles as the like symbol of them combusting, and it's like that is one step short of a yellow star of David, sir. Oh, so it is. Um. I was yeah, thinking so I, more about like a nuclear fission f- fusion kind of thing. Oh, sure. They bring up nuclear fusion at one point, so. Think, yeah. There's, I'm not going to go back into Akira again. There's atomic, there's there's nuclear energy parables all over this. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, then we then we cut to this futuristic city, and we are panning through. We get the rock anthem, like we we're on an emotional upswing, and you see this like city is bright and shining, but you also pan on the street, and there's like a fire hydrant every ten feet. <laughs> And, and you're like, oh, this is still an active concern. Oh, dude, like it gets, it gets, it's it's more insane than that. Like the the visual identity thing. So this is something that Akira didn't do, and like even other trigger stuff didn't really do, is that it brings the visual identity. It like creates a through line between the individual and the society in a really nice way. The geometry of all of the burnish people, like the the, the weird geometry coming in from their chests or whatever. We'll, we'll get into the specifics later, but like there's mm. a geometry that accompanies these people combusting. Uh, that same geometry can be found in the buildings of the aftermath. Mm. So like we get this idea of here was the inciting event. We are carrying it with us in our infrastructure. Like, it, yes. like <laughs> in addition to all the fire hydrants, the fire hydrants that like come out of the sides of the buildings so good. <laughs> the sides of the buildings, fire hydrants. Everything's perpendicular, Zane. And this, um, you know, brings us to introduce our crew. Um, there is a burnish outburst. So these things actively happen. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised. So this burning rescue team is summoned. And this looks like a ragtag group of, of super firefighters. And you're like, surely we got to learn all of them. That's so important they wouldn't just leave this to to these guys but we do learn like they're they're more of a civilian force yeah Um, but we're we're put on their side immediately oh we have to like them they're just the core cast of gurren lagan 
<laughs> with name cards and title, you know, sequences they, they, and the there's direction. There's like that, that one girl Leroning at the uh, at the controls <laughs> with like the little not the pig mole, but it's like a rat that eat, that's eating a hot dog next to it or something. It's yeah, yeah. This is so. <laughs> and the Yoko woman with the butt shots in her There's, in her flying mech. <laughs> they, they only had a number, a few ideas, and they're like, "How many times can we rotate these?" Um, yeah, it's it's about as Gynax as you can get. Um, but yeah, I love the direction of this. Right, so this is one of the like tentpole action sequences. This this first ten minutes, to be honest, is kind of nonstop. Yeah, um, it's all we're zooming in and out of. The engineering, and we're following the path of ice and flame in long runners. It's, yeah. it's very kinetic. It's so kinetic. Um, um, I, I, my first part where I like, we, there's this part where Varus the spider, Varus the jacked spider, he <laughs> he gets launched from a fire truck, and in flight transforms into a big like power loader mech, like alien mm-hmm. style power loader mech. Um. And launches into a building and just says, like, he lands and says, on the scene. Like, that was the only, that's the only dialogue that merited. The animation was going so fucking hard, my mouth was <laughs> agape for the entire, like, minute of, of that nonsense. It, like, I see why like this watching... got so hyped. Like, it makes if sense. You... <laughs> if you like watching mechs transform in midair as they're being thrown, Buckle up, it's gonna happen a bunch. Oh yeah, and if you like that paired with camera rotation, boy howdy. Yeah, so we get this extra dramatic character card for Galotimos. Um they want you to think of Kamina. Mr. Probably shirtless holding a spear. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's also something that like another three line with Akira, you remember that samurai spirit thing? written yeah, on a tank. Yeah, he says, like, I have the firefighting spirit of an East of Islander. My andres, of my ancestors. Like, it's very samurai-specific kind of mm-hmm. ideology with this guy. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a group of people they can't get to, and he's, like, both the rookie and the, the trump card he's, against he's, Yeah, he's the untested ace. Yeah. He's, uh, um, you know, he's, he, he's, he's, uh, he's a loose cannon, but damn it, he gets results. I, I could only write he mechs up and uses his spear for all sorts of bullshit. Were there any moments that you were able to, like, separate out as cool in your head, or was it just a barrage? Uh, so, let me, let me, let's see here. So, I only get back into talking about the specifics once he f- faces off with the terrorists. Yeah, so the Burnish, the Mad Burnish, a.k.a. the Inferno Terrorists. Inferno Terrorist is pretty good. They get a, a musical sting and a title card, but it's funny because, like, they're, the team is looking at them with their readouts, and the title card is on their readouts. Yep, yep, sure is. Just, just, very, just very reality plus. It, it, yeah, it's kind, of, um, it's kind of like a platinum signal as well, like a, a beautiful mm-hmm. Joe or a wonderful 101 or a Bayonetta, like where like the medium also plays a role and everyone's just okay with it. And I respect that this movie um, gets you, like, it, it, it jumps you into the story at the very latest point it could for everything to make sense, because it's not like this is a random group of Mad Burnish. This is both... Hey, we're taking on the leader of the Mad Burnish, and also this is the last time it's going to happen before everything else happens. Like, they're not wasting time here. They waste no time. Um, and I I wanted to point out this uh, this this first kind of sequence 
yeah. uh, when when Gallo um, transforms his <laughs> mech into samurai mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the 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 words are on the scene docking Matoi Tech. I'll put you yeah. out with my burning soul. I if you haven't seen Gurren Lagann, you don't understand how much of a Kamina read that is, and they're uh-huh. all over the place. So it's just Gurren Lagann in terms of dialogue, but this visuals the visuals here are way more insane than Gurren Lagann ever could be. Like yeah, this is and, and this I, is what Gurren Lagann wanted to be as a movie, right? Because. Guron Logon, for all its ideas and all of its extraness, was still operating in a fairly standard style in animation. They were using well-worn pieces of animation in a stylized way. But, like, the part that was pushing the envelope the most was probably the written dialogue. And yeah, and the concepts. And the concepts, right. And these, it's, it's one-to-one with Promare. But now the tech has caught up. Now the visuals mm. can match that insanity. And, yeah. and and part of me has always wanted that. And one more direct line to Gurren Lagann. His arms get broken off uh, in the fighting, and the spear goes into his head, and it just becomes a new mech form. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, arms off, spear, head, your mech face is now your mech chest is all, all you need to know about Gurren Lagann. <laughs> So um, while this was fight was going on, I actually, I, I again was like, I can't, it, again, it just fucking rules the whole time is my only note. Like, I can't, I can't specify yeah. the, spe- the, the specifics elude me because it is so abstract. Um, mm-hmm. But I will mention that this is when I thought of the Tron thing because the color is just following in these lines of actions wake. Yeah. Um, yeah, it helps keep track of the action, even if it's hard to uh, put into words. The animation doesn't um, keep track of mass. It keeps track of energy. I think that's yes. like that's like the right way to think about a promare. Yeah, you you feel the momentum of combat shifting. You can't really point to a specific blow. And and that's this is the part where the music I think fits extremely well. Like it's it's mm-hmm. way too excited about itself. Nineties rock, heavy bass. It's just what you want for a moment like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gallo gets a uh, like a fire ice chainsaw <laughs> and an ice cube gun against Leo's katana and fire snakes. Ice cube guns fire exact cubes. Just 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 saying, fire yep, exact cubes, cubes versus when they hit something, it like ice cubes, literal cubes form around them. Mm-hmm. Like it, geometry, regular geometry is is. Is almost a force of nature in this movie. It's a, it's a surprising discipline that they use in their uh, iconography of like squares are cold, triangles are hot. That that is true. That's a good point. It, it, it allows them to communicate a lot later on. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back through Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which it happened after this, but like a lot of the lessons from this, I think, were learned mm. pretty well. Because I'd be interested how much regular geometry is. I like I know there's a bunch, and I know that all <laughs> of the colors seamlessly bleed into the foreground and background. Like the 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 lines between models and background are nigh on exi- non-existent in this. Right. There's very little outlining, um, and the the coloration is very similar. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, we have chosen a good um, episode image card for. <laughs> getting all of this across because it's, it's pretty important um, so they yell their philosophies at each other um and the, the i bosses... hope you like that by the way <laughs> it happens yeah, there's a lot gonna be a bit of that 
Um, the boss's helmet breaks, and we see like it's a kid, um, and this is Leo. He uh, careless he whisper starts playing as the yeah. extremely slow. <laughs> a lot of tension here. Um, he gains the upper hand. Gallo's not intimidated. He's like, I got my team. Um, you know, they get him trapped. And then to do the actual arresting, the freeze force shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing the Gurren Lagan like, hey, this asshole who's not your actual main villain has very spiky teeth. Yeah, and it's shark teeth. Just, head. It's exactly Viral from Gurren Lagan. It's Viral, yep. Um, yeah, and he's got a big bulky bod and we're supposed to hate him. Like, that. that's what the character... It Remember the first episode in Gurren Lagan where, like, you had Kamina, who was, like, the young upstart, and you had the village chief who was mm-hmm. larger than our Kamina, but we respected him less on, like, every metric. Like, the, just mm-hmm. the lining of the shot, the way that the, the, the eyes focus in on each other, the glare, um, the guys yeah. shouting down at him, like, using his position of authority as a cudgel. Like, we're supposed to hate this asshole, and all of Freeze yeah, Force by extension. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, he's not supposed to be the villain, but, like... The no, fact he's a that jack we saw booted these guys gun. do the actual work, and he's yeah, he's a jack boot. He's he's uh, he's the cops. Yep. Um, Gallo is arrested for talking back, but Ignis backs him up. I got the feeling like this is posturing that they just do sometimes, and Gallo is new, and he makes it worse. Yeah, he makes it worse because like there's there's office place politics that like yeah, th- there's things he's that aren't said too. that everyone's kind of been aware of. It's like okay, we... and he's not the kind of guy who can like be aware of things without saying them. <laughs> no, not at all. Especially not in his docking mode. Um, I wanted to make a point about Leo at this mm. at this at this moment. So the terrorist leader, Leo, his he's he's a Bishanen. You've seen these before. There is a very specific thing that they do with him and no one else, which mm. is there. If you look at either side of Leo, like the like literal sides of his character model, one is in a pink hue. And one is in a blue hue. So regardless mm. of when we're looking at Leo, he always looks like he's in motion. He always looks more energy than man. Um, it's, it's, there's like just a, it, it's not a fabric choice. It's a filter thing. Like regardless of what he's wearing, you would get this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it like just having the pink blue dichotomy as our lines of energy and action with all the fire, having this person just basically be fire all yeah. the time even within his character model is uh yeah you f- you feel what it means before it's explained what it means yeah it it everything's jumping out at you that's mm-hmm. a, it's a good way to put it um yeah so we get some exposition um leo and the team they they like see the news reports um they also see that uh children and the elderly have been arrested like they're they're taken in for processing yeah. they're they're locked up and they're like oh, I was a terrorist leader before, but now it's personal, or, like, now it's now it means more. And it's like, you surely... I guess, like, they knew it conceptually, but they hadn't seen it, is right. the implication there? Yeah, it, you get the feeling, like, Leo is also kind of new at this. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, the he's the young upstart who's powerful, right? They're, they're set up as opposites. Yes, indeed. Um, Gallo uh, gets the key to the city or something? Yeah, I thought this was a dream sequence at first. Because, <laughs> like, you have a brash dumb asshole who has just done something technically correct but everyone is calling him a dumb asshole you don't then expect for him to get a medal on his chest from the governor of the free city of pro 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 promopolis 
I'm assuming prome is used as like a prefix, like to to reminisce of Prometheus, of like the Firebringer. Ooh, that's a good one. I have no other explanation for why they called everything prome. I I don't know. It's it's in the future. It's saying in the future everything is prome. Yeah, sure. Deep deep. Uh, <laughs> I guess it beats calling it Central City or deep, whatever. Deep SpongeBob reference for you cats out there. Um. Um. Yeah. So he's yeah, he's acknowledged weird. and what's that? Yeah, this is weird. Like, the 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 fact that he is both admonished by Viral Light and uh, yeah. praised by the governor, who ostensibly is in control of Viral Light. Yeah, he, I mean, like, Vulcan. this is very clearly, like, he has done the work. He needs to get the accolades. Like, if, if nothing mm-hmm. else, the show, the, the movie communicates to you that the, the, the burning rescue team are popular. They they mm-hmm. are they are well loved. Like there's there's somebody saying, Where's Burning Rescue? Here they are, they're saving the day. Like there's an extra who kind of tells us, No, the the people like him. The people like this yeah. group. Yeah, um, and it's like but like they don't get the cool, fancy new armor suits that the the um freeze force gets it, i it kind of feels like uh when the governments were like let's all clap our heroes the nurses yeah the COVID <laughs> and but then like can we get like more funding and they're like no 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 no, no. you get a medal though how about that medal? <laughs> and oh he wears this medal forever <laughs> that's so cute like and he talks yeah. about it like he's he's like no, no no i need to wear this medal forever that's how people know that's the reason that's how people know that i'm stuff. a hero yeah uh, we get a little flashback of him and Governor Cray Foresight, and his name is Cray Foresight. Uh, we see that, like, he rescued Gallo from a burning building, and that set him on the road to Herodom. Mm-hmm. And now it's pizza time. I love I love pizza segue. Dude, pizza segue The little, rules. like, lilted Italian music. <laughs> Dude, I love the pizza segue. That sounds scene. like nothing else in the soundtrack. The, the break sequences in a trigger are just delightful in cyberpunk edge runners there's just like this delightful sequence of the creepo with the gigantic finger on his hands like doing some weird like beer bottle routine like basically uh-huh. like doing the equivalent of like a card trick at a at a party or something sure but it looks so dynamic and freaky because everything is is cyberpunk that's kind of how this pizza scene looks to me like everything is we're, we're already dealing with like a visual motif that strains reality but we shouldn't just do action with it we shouldn't just do combat with it like we have all of this nonsensical lines of action and visual identity let's also Mm -hmm. let's let's have some fun with it yeah and i i love what they do in the dialogue in this scene which is they are basically like discussing the politics of the burnish and they're saying like okay so we all agree like they're not bad people like they're they're mutants they have to deal with this and some of them can't control it and we're just doing our job putting it out but there's like no animus and they really put that out early that these guys are there's there's they're they're measured there's no animus for these guys yes everybody else they they emphasize it because it's not true for everybody else yeah yeah and that that like I couldn't stop thinking of Gallo and his chuckle fucks as just a filthy centrist. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, okay, you have terrorists. Terrorists shouldn't be doing terrorism, but we should also be like cognizant that these people are an underclass. Maybe the solution's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I just put out fires, man. I don't want to get dragged into a social commentary thing. I'm just going to put out the fires. 
I mean, he's a, he's a little better than that, I think, because like, <laughs> you know, again, this is the like Tony Stark uh, versus Captain America thing of like, well, should we have a, a registry of superheroes or mutants or whatever, like the X-Men thing? And it's like, well, th- this guy can fire off lasers and he can't control it. Maybe we should have something for that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, in in lieu of context, putting out fires always sounds like a good idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, but, there's no pro-fire lobby. But there is. is there? there is in this. Uh, so the thing is, is. The, the movie starts teaching you that fire means anything that you could want it to mean. Uh, <laughs> it, it's sort of like an extended metaphor for human ambition, you know, burning sure. hot and burning burning up people that act, that it propels forward. But... Was this some fan fiction written by Wheeler from uh, Captain Planet? He, he just wanted representation, man. I mean, everybody else got representation. Where are all the um, fire types? But yeah, um, so uh, the Freeze Force shows up to arrest the pizza guy. He arrests Gallo's the pizza like guy for thought crimes. Like, it's so 1984. <laughs> um, and, like, we get to see that most people aren't as enlightened as as this squad. And Gallo, in particular, like, hates unfairness. Oh, and- Which is a great, like, trait for a hero. Yeah, you need that. And you need someone who's not obviously a racist like everyone else in this society. Um, sure. We get a ton of just, like, dog whistling about real-world politics for underclasses here. Like, Yeah, the kind the kind that you would have if you had a political motivation. Yeah. And the kind that you wouldn't uh, bother pre- presumably, with if you didn't. <laughs> presumably some people, not him, people who didn't create right. this movie, not that guy, have political motivations behind their, their sure. creative works. Not him. Not this. Now, it's, it, it is possible, but not 100% necessary <laughs> to have a political read about this. So let me just point out a couple where, where is it on the Neo-Yokio spectrum of <laughs> political realism? Let, let me just point out a couple of things. Owner gets threatened with being taken in for hiring an undocumented immigrant. Right. That, like, that's literally what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the Burnish Protection Crime Act sounds a whole hell of a lot like some Sedition Act shit that was going on mm-hmm. in our CIA darkened past as a, as a U, as the United and States. present allegedly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm wondering what this is in reaction. Like, what's the ideology of this movie here? Like, we don't I, like. I, I'm willing to believe it's, it's that probably also. Is it too far past the World War II era for this to also be against Nazis still? No, I I, I think that um, I, I I'm willing to take him at his uh, at his word that this is not about anything specific, but it is a general trend that is like you know in the same way that like Star Wars, the Rebels versus the Galactic Empire, like yeah, you don't need to specify a particular empire to be like anti-empire yeah it just needs to kind of be us them yeah but yeah i I don't know enough about uh japanese immigration politics neither do i i imagine it's not particularly great it's you know i mean like i don't know that there is some that japan is too different for me to make broad sweeping statements i will say i was coming to it with the lens of the fallout of 9-11 in our recent history and oh, a sure. lot of it maps onto the way we treat, you know, people from the Middle East, like, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> Leo uh, now frees himself in, yeah, and some it, allies. It, it, they're, they're basically showing off that, like, 
he is more powerful he's, he's, than the other ones. He's more of a terrorist than everyone. So <laughs> the way they do this is actually great. There's no dialogue for it. He we it like zooms in X-ray scopes to the com- contraption around his hands, which when he starts yeah. converting fire, it freezes him. But he does it more and more, so the ice has to freeze in larger and larger quantities, and then the ice bursts the restraints. Yeah. And it's to this, like, soulful singing pulse music. Oh, so good. Like, techno with soulful lyrics, yeah. Very effective. Um, he does, you know, the the movie wants to put us on his side as well. He reminds his crew not to kill without reason. Gee, I wonder if we're supposed to sympathize with this terrorist. This is what I'm talking also, about. He can that fly. No, no subtlety. This movie has no chill with ideology. <laughs> this is the terrorist, but he's not one of the bad ones. Like it's just so naked. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, um, th- th- that drove me up the wall when he said, "Don't kill anyone." I was like, "Come on, movie." <laughs> Treat me like an adult. Um, yeah, so he, he frees everybody. Uh, and then we cut to Coincidence Lake, where Gallo... Uh, it, it's this frozen lake. <laughs> that is exactly what this is. It's it's this frozen lake that Gallo goes to because it helps him cool off. Ha ha ha. Um, stuff... If you're here and a plot event occurs at the same time, it's going to happen near here. It has to. I mean, like, this movie doesn't have that much time to set up world building. Like, Akira mm-hmm. had fucking time. You could have had any combat scene in, like, any of five sewers and or bars. But we just are not that familiar with... And especially the way the, the, the way that this movie communicates to you visually, I don't remember what places look like. Do you? <laughs> I don't even remember what the characters look like. Yeah. No, nothing it, it's leaves just... a distinct physical impression in my mind. Mm-hmm. So like Yeah, it's it's like it's like that generic uh corporate art style. Like yeah. you're you're supposed to look at it. it's supposed to keep your attention now. Doesn't matter what happens later. <laughs> later you all you need to think about is the brand. Well the the the, the way this place looks, like the um the geometric designs on all the buildings and like the kind of um levittown factory farmed nature of all the buildings like it felt like a reboot like it felt like Mm. this was like a computer generated world and so like i just didn't have a sense of place for anything sure you know there's no like x street it's just the city even when we like look in at burning 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 hot burning rage hands whatever they're called burning rescue even when we look at them like the girl is like tinkering with machines or something. I'm struggling mm-hmm. to remember a background when that was happening. Were they in it a was truck? Like in a van. They were maybe in a van or in a garage, but like the specifics are <laughs> un- unimportant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I, I don't know. It makes sense that everything happens at this lake is I guess my point. <laughs> uh, so accompanying Gallo is Ina. So this is one of the members of Burning Rescue. She's the scantily clad one. This scene yep. is very similar to the Kamina Yoko kiss scene from uh, Gurren Lagann. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. lakeside, or, you know, in front of a lake, there's obvious sexual tension. The The characters are very similar to their Gurren Lagann counterparts. 
they describe their backstories for the audience. Um, you know, Gallo knows he can't do anything about Freeze Force. You know, he can't attack them because it would look bad for the governor. Mm-hmm. And Ina, we find out, grew up in her sister's shadow, her sister, this great scientist who we'll meet later, in a sort of underdeveloped wing of the story that is nonetheless, like, technically necessary. I, I Every time she showed up, I'm like, this could have been done better. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. I do like this one point of like subtlety in the direction because the direction doesn't do subtlety nor should it but like i Mm. really liked how they're kind of talking about their personal struggles um and how they came to burn and rescue and um both of them are in someone's shadow right yeah he's in general cray's shadow like he's like kind of views him like a big brother or or omnipotent superhero kind of like there's there's a there's an ideal, like an idolization there that, and yeah, so like that. they both do that and it's, it's, you know, a little brazen, but they do have that kind of like nice half tone that shows that the sun is setting over their faces. Like, okay, yes, shadows in visual and also the story, right. I get it. And, and it is very intimate. Um, it is. Piano music and, and everything. And emotional. Yeah. It's it's romantic, but then Gallo sees the burnish flame of Leo, and he goes to check it out in the nearby cave where he sees, like, oh, these are the victims he rescued. Oh, they're just—these are just people, uh, and they knock him out and, and tie him up. Yep, as they should. And, uh, yeah, and Gallo is having a—he he, he gets woken up and kind of—you know, this is pretty— Well, he gets woke, he get, right? He gets, he gets woken up and woke uh, in, in right. tandem. Leo is like, yeah, we're terrorists because— we're persecuted by an overclass that wants to harvest our bodies as energy. Um, check your privilege. And, and he's like, well, shit, this is, this is like, it, I, how am I supposed to be a good guy and put out fires? This is a raw you're deal. You're telling me that the authority structure of our society is wrong? I better talk to the president about yeah. this. He's <laughs> going to want to know. I'm, I'm going to just push this one up the line. <laughs> this seems like... Not my jurisdiction. <laughs> it kind of feels like it should be a bigger culture shock moment, but Gallo already said that the Burnish weren't at fault. He was a sympathizer, yeah. He's a sympathizer, so he's kind of already a little like, bit oh, on their the side. He's just he's getting a little bit more of the texture of the situation from the underclasses side. Yeah, how how the results play out. Yeah, he, um, he kind of understands he, it, like, um, not not in a real way. Right. Uh, we also get some of the uh, world building here. Yeah, because, the cosmology uh, here is the co- something. So there's an injured woman, and Gallo offers medical help, and Leo's like, no, I've got this. And he, he kisses her and transfers some heat, which turns her to ash, and he explains, like, when we are alive, our body is eternal. Once our life comes to an end, our bodies turn to ashes. We feed the flames until the day we burn out, and the flames tell them to feed the fire. It's compulsion. Yeah, this is this is just a metaphor for what humans do. I think he even says that that's what humans do or something like that uh-huh. at one point. It's so heavy-handed. <laughs> um, he also makes the point that, like, we're not those evil terrorists. Whenever we set fire to a building, we make sure there's an escape route for people. to. That's such a cop-out. <laughs> and it's it's just unrealistic. It's obvious, but, like, like even universe, Fight Club, maybe, maybe, you have know. to break a couple of eggs named Rob Paulson. Yeah. Now, when you when you live when you left that uh, open route the last time, 
and Gallo came to save them using an experimental mech suit that you could not possibly have known about. Well, was maybe, that intentional? Listen, maybe they get. And then you attacked him. If Gallo got better funding, you know, this maybe get some standardized equipment. We could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's unrealistic. It's it is the way this movie traffics is that a terrorist can't be of moral ambiguity in any way, shape, or form. He has to be purely the good guy. Can I sidetrack briefly? You can. I want to go back to this exact scene because uh, there's a particular line in it that I want to hone in on. Yes. No. This. I'm. I'm hit. I've hit pause on the TV, and we had a quick chat, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? This reminds me of. I can't hear somebody make the argument. Oh, the problem is that we're just not funding them properly, without hearing it in the voice of that woman at the end of the the movie Holes, where they're like. I'm sorry, you don't have documentation on a kid in your care, and now he's missing, presumed dead? And she's like, well, maybe if you gave us some money, we could afford (laughs) record-keeping. And it's like, you're operating a a slave dig, ma'am. This is is crimes you've done here. (laughs) You don't have the high ground here. There's no way I can pull that up as a clip. Are you kidding me? Sure, there is. I'll send you the DVD. I'm just we watch gonna, it like once a year. I'm just gonna link actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. God, we gotta stop using that. We're gonna run out. Maybe it's a should, limited resource. If you gave me more funding, maybe we wouldn't have oh, to. Oh yeah, more funding for DVDs of holes. Yeah. <laughs> and some ripping don't, don't software. Don't make me. Don't make me pick up the so, the slack of the social safety nets, Aid. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, so there's a line here that um, Gallo gives. I guess to like mm-hmm. underline his inexperience or, or his yeah. innocence, which is, can you just stop starting fires and you could live as normal people? Which like <laughs> to a terrorist, uh, like, well, I like what you're doing, except for all the terrorism. Okay. Right. Okay. It feels like you don't have an actual solution, <laughs> but you don't it's like just... the way terrorism makes you feel. Okay. This it. awkward conversation that you have with somebody of different politics where you explain something as if they haven't thought of it, but really you're the one who hasn't thought of yeah, it. And yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're just kind of, yeah, it's yeah, impossible to tell whether minutes. you're behind or ahead. <laughs> I'll give you five minutes. You get to the finish line and then we can talk. No, um, so this is, I wanted to point this out because at this point in the movie and going forward, whenever they say fire, just think civil, like social change. Just, just, pr- just import your ideas of like social progress. Um, right. Whenever somebody is saying we have to burn stuff or we have to start a fire or it te- the fire tells us to keep going, they're just talking about we need to fight for the underclass and enact social changes so that we are not sacrificed by right. big government and big business. Until the metaphor becomes climate change slash the atomic bomb. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not available for that metaphor. <laughs> you can take over I'll, I'll hand it off to you okay i'm gonna baton pass to you once we get there it's not the smoothest transition <laughs> fire means everything but fire in in different pieces in this movie we're, we're kind of a little bit in a b-stars territory where like yes it is r- like wrong to tranquilize the predators in this society but also they they will kill you <laughs> <laughs> like he only had to learn it once um but yeah but but leo basically cuts through that complex political and philosophical issue to say like well it's moot because he's like capturing and experimenting on us 
the way a Nazi might. <laughs> yeah, at which point Gallo uh, gives the medal back to the general um, mm. because he didn't fulfill his obligation to be a fire rescuer, and the general uh, was lying to him and has uh, human experimentation going on underneath. Yeah. Could you come to me to my underground lair where you can't be tracked? I have a lot of exposition to give yeah, you. Yeah, I, I gotta tell someone about this. Might as well be the guy I'm gonna bond death trap in like five. I've minutes. been keeping a dream journal, but it's just not cutting it anymore. Sometimes you need a. Sometimes you need a sounding board. Gallo, can you tell me? Am I unhinged? <laughs> I'll just start so, explaining uh, it. You tell me when I've gone too far. So, so at this what, point, <laughs> yeah, at this point, the experimentation. Uh, General Cray says the experimentation is to. Um, is to progress the technology of warp engines uh, in order to transport a colony from Earth to a different planet because the planet's going to blow up with magma. If the, if the core is unstable, it will cover the planet in six months. Six months. Amazing that there's no sign of this. This was 30 this is, this years in the becomes, making, right? Like th This I, is where it becomes that climate change uh, uh, metaphor to a degree, right? Like, okay, hold on just a second. They're, they're saying, like, rather than prevent this fire-based global catastrophe by working with the underclass, we're going to do adaptation and save the rich people. Yep, yep. No, it's, it's pretty brazen <laughs> the way they do that. Um, and at this point, I thought he was at least doing the Rossiu thing where it's like, I can't save everyone. I just got to do the best I can. We should at least... Misguided pragmatist. I'm doing whatever I can to save the human sure. race. And, like, there is an argument that I'm receptive to in that. And at this point, it wasn't just Governor Bad, which is where it ultimately ends up. So yeah. if you enjoy that subtlety, you know, don't get your hopes up. Um, um, and can I just say... I was so hopeful that this whole magma is going to cover the earth thing was just a complete fabrication. Ooh, I hadn't considered that because it sounded so reasonable considering everything else that happened. Well, well, let's work it like, back. Like, why wouldn't that be true? Work it back from where we're at. We have yeah. an underclass. They are in every way, shape, and form, especially with these engines that are literally powered by them, we have an, econ we have an economy that needs this as a slave labor force. Okay. Yep. How do we morally justify, justify it? it? Yeah. And it is to create an existential crisis where cruelty has to be acceptable. Mm -hmm. And it, that would have worked. But the magma is real. So, nope. That, 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 that's for an Akira style. That's for the Akira style story. Movie, this is Studio Trigger. We're not here for that level of complexity. No. We're here for the level of complexity of, like, maybe terrorism good sometimes, which is <laughs> coming across in an awful lot of the media we watch, Ben. Well, it, it makes you think that maybe terrorism is good sometimes, Zane. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Any, any, um, <laughs> any, references to, to, any references to terrorism, real or imagined, is entirely incidental within the confines of this <laughs> podcast. Also, just uh, fire always means something real in this. It's often physical and metaphorical mm -hmm. in at least two ways. So, yeah, the magma being a it's thing. It's a lot of work. Fine. Um, yeah, so the governor turns on him. Uh, we get to see that he's, you know, an asshole. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't really need him to be as mean to Gallo in this, where he says, like, I'm not your hero. I hate it's you. It's so petty. You've always been a thorn in my side. This is... 
this feels like it's just giving Harris, the the scientist, a reason to turn on the project later. Um, this it, no, it's this really is just this it's, is it's just lazy, going from gray to black and white as fast as possible. This is so lazy; it blows my mind. Like, because mm-hmm. like you can imagine there being two people in charge of this project, and one of them has like personal short sighted reasons, and one of them is the well intel well intentioned uh, extreme like pragmatist. Yep. And they agree on what they need to do, but, like, you'd still have that villain. It just wouldn't—to consolidate it within your Drop the ball radical away. pragmatist is is a failure of character craft, I think. Sure. Like, it—say like it, <clears throat> nothing about the plot. Like, a, a radical pragmatist does not have these petty motivations. Like, by definition— like it, right, it's yeah. insane. They can overlook it. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you would never burn a bridge you didn't have to. You would lie to him and use him, yeah, you know, he's in, not in a, your pacification He's not a fucking efforts. Bond villain, except they, they, now he they, goddamn is. They really dropped the characterization ball on a man they decided to name Cray Foresight. God, I, that's, a, that's such a good Tales of Symphonia villain, though. Tales of Symphonia or, like, Metal Gear? Like, yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they just put an Ocelot revolver in instead? Him, I would <laughs> believe, was petty. <laughs> oh, this guy's a villain, you say. Uh, um, anyway. So so Freeze Force is deployed to recapture the Enclave of Burnished. Uh, not just the ones that were captured, but if like... If you don't remember Freeze a, Force, a they're the village. jackboots. Yeah, they're the jackboots. And it becomes clear that the Captain Vulcan... Uh, he knows the whole plan. He knows about the transport ship. Yeah, it's it's the conservation of detail, which is that we didn't mention it offhandedly until the audience knew about it. And now Vulcan can just say it anyway. Right. Uh, Vulcan basically hits Leo with an absolute zero bullet. I will never mm. stop hating the use of absolute mm. zero where nope. it doesn't belong. Oh, Zane, I like this one. I like and this one. And he cause fires him into a volcano. I like this one, Zane. Because it's some Ben, ice, walk this, me through. This is this is some Ice Nine bullshit, Zane. You're a physics guy. What happened? I know. That's why. I li- Listen, okay. Places don't exist. Character arcs are not internally consistent. You're you're using you're using a person's brain to watch this movie. <laughs> and what you should be using Who's? is a, you should be using a fire brain. Oh, my mistake, yeah. My burning passion can only see ultimate hot and ultimate cold. <laughs> right, right. And so if you're getting hit with science cold, uh, yeah. science cold, which... which They only have one science cold, it, as far as we know. It, it sets off a chain reaction that robs all heat in the universe. The only way to combat that, logically, is, is fighting spirit. Soul. Yes, a burning yeah, yeah. soul. <clears throat> yeah, uh, if, if, any, if any piece of media could be excused in the absolute zero bullet. It's this one. I just, on sight, am, am off. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I... Yeah, it, it it's something that I allow in something that is this cartoonish, you know? I, I watch, uh, you know, I've watched the, the the CW, The Flash Show, where in his lab... Yeah, that's way has, less 
That's way less has, acceptable, Zane. That's ex- that's unacceptable. They have four liter bottles of solvents up above people's heads, and I'm like, that's some bullshit. Scientists <laughs> will tell you that's some bullshit. <laughs> not not the not the flash shit. That's fine. That's comic books, but like <laughs> basic lab safety. You know, oh, it, just, God, it just I, takes me out, man. I it, it's always like so satisfying to find like like our our media weaknesses. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, things that we cannot excuse no matter what. Like, I I was batting back and forth the idea of introducing Ethan to Dr. Stone because it's an exaltation of, uh, you know, science and, like, it's kind of a civilization-building game. Everybody everybody can contribute even if they're not all scientists. Like, it's it's a very... It's a very pro-community kind of uh, way to wrap science. But the fact that the main character consistently says 10 billion percent uh, means that I cannot let him near uh-huh. it. it. Like that's yep. that is that is the equivalent of four liter bottles of solvents to him. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, so the uh, the burnish are encased in their triangle cubes and spun to generate the power. Uh, yep. They they are initiating the uh, you know uh, life raft procedure. Yeah. Um, this, this is, is where horribly we see chilling. people turn into what? Yeah. This is a horribly chilling scene. Um, where where they show um, the um, the the humans being like the burnished being strapped to these like wheels like being mm-hmm. pinned on a wheel like in a in, like like in a Prometheus style sort of thing um, and and centripetally rotated to create energy. Um, I want to point out one thing because it drove me insane. I guess this would be my four little bottle of solvent moment. Which is mm-hmm. the icons on the monitor that Ina's sister, I can't remember her name. Harris. Harris? Harris, with an H. Harris. Short for heresy for some sure, reason. Sure, fine. So Harris uh, is monitoring all the people going into these like horrifying uh, mm-hmm. torture device things. Uh, the icons that they use for that monitor are in the shape of people. No, bullshit. I call bullshit. <laughs> they they would never humanize the underclass after having done so much work to dehumanize them. Impossible. Yeah, yeah. You'd get like a stats breakdown before that. You'd get a stats breakdown. You you you'd refer to them as like leaders of cola or something. You you'd you would use any clip art that wasn't a person. You you don't see a picture of a person on like the screen in the hospital that measures your vitals no no this is why you this is why you have the firing squad like no one people don't want to think that they're actually responsible for hitting humans Mm -hmm. like this is why this is why stormtroopers are all play-doh factory molded like bot looking people like we we can't think that we're doing this to people (laughs) but yeah the 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 combination of all of them like in cells uh being tapped for power the pink triangles like it's very genocide yes imagery yes um and it, it's a new genocide imagery that we're we're not used to seeing in anywhere except for like the fictional but it's a very easy jump yeah it's it's not dissimilar to some of like the most effective genocidal images of um fantasy or sci-fi mm-hmm. like like the the notion of um soiling green you know that like it, it it evokes a similar image of like mass processing of human beings mm-hmm. so um, um boy yeah so uh the burn and rescuers i think at this point 
find out that Gallo was arrested, and they find it fishy, and Ina heads off in pursuit to talk to her sister, Harris. Uh, it's Harris or Hellas, I couldn't tell. Maybe it's Hellas. But, um, uh, and Ina gets in her face, but Harris isn't willing to flip. Yeah, she's like, think of yourself. You're going to, you know, she doesn't explicitly say, you're going to be one of the 10,000 on the ship. I've I've arranged for that. I'm doing this for you. Um, like, clearly she has good intentions, but it doesn't, it doesn't really she, matter. She also has an absurdly, she's such an absurdly single-issue voter that it's hard for me to think of her as a character. No, no, yeah. This, this is this is another plot device of like we needed a relative. I we want sister safe. To be a turncoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want sister safe is her character. Um, so right. we are now into another one of the tentpole action sequences. All right, we just we just talked a lot of shit about this movie. Let's bring it back up to the top, Zane. The flame calls to Leo from the volcano. He's he's he in his unleashed. Ice Nine nonsense. Yes. He's in a gigantic like ice thing that got embedded into his flesh so he can't he can't, the, you know, use his power. The visual that we saw earlier of the the cubes freezing his hands within the cuffs and him overwhelming it, we get the same thing here, but it's like uh it's just on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um and all of that power, all of the heat, all of the the magma in the volcano is Basically, he's able to harness it now, and he erupts. Uh, we get a pop anthem. We get some great animation. This looks and feels like a hype music video it's more so than good. anything else. I fucking love this. Um, and he apparently takes control of the volcano in the form of a gigantic, like, fire dragon mm-hmm. kaiju thing. And this, this is probably, like, this is where you start getting the feeling like, oh, the Burnish are connected to why the Earth's core magma yeah. is fucked up. And here's an example of them interacting. Maybe we can do something with that. And well, they, they don't, explain they don't that to the general that later. They don't <laughs> say that yet. Yeah, they leave it to you to kind of understand. But we're starting to see some mixed metaphor in terms... Oh, that's not the right term. But, like, we're, we're starting to see some expression of this idea of here's a rebel who has been pushed to his breaking point, um, and you can't repress with, like, you know, the ice. You can't repress rebellion because it just burns hotter. It just comes back stronger. Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. the... It has now. Now we're now we're over the cliff. We we we've pushed it too far. It's impossible to repress this any further. Um, similar to the Akira moment, like when he goes full Akira, can't put it back in the bottle anymore. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he he takes control of this volcano dragon and sets his sight on General Cray because he's responsible for the genociding, and he yep. makes a terrorism ultimatum. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're going to issue an ultimatum, you have some teeth. Yeah, yeah, and he's got teeth that are made of fire from a volcano. Very threatening. Um, uh, it's my favorite animation and music so far. Like, just the entire sequence of him transforming from his ice prison into a volcano, yeah. into a dragon toward the city. Uh, it's This is where I checked how much time was left, and I couldn't believe that it was half the movie. It feels like the end of the movie, or any movie. 
Like, how they do you walk, They could have capped it. How do you walk back from Volcano Dragon? Mm-hmm. But actually, this is what Gynax does. Yeah, beyond the impossible. Only escalate. Yeah. You, you <laughs> thought... Yeah, there's there's no... It's it's the Lupin mo- moment. Like, there's no going it's, backward. Yeah. All we can do is go forward faster. If you go fast <laughs> enough, people will forget what's back there. Fine. Did they make Bayonetta? <laughs> it, it, it's, it feels very similar. Um, we get a couple of cool moments during this sequence. Um, the Freeze Force uh, drives up the dragon to fight him. Yeah. Um, uh, Ta- Gallo is uh, uh, kind of broken out. It's it's one of those. Uh, um, it's probably one of those was partly inspired Fast and Furious types because this is one of those yeah. that it's like explicitly a vehicle doing some off road shit. Yeah, it's it's like uh, Ranma swimming up the the water flow. Yeah, or, <laughs> or the ro- or the um the the Lupin truck trying to go back yeah. onto the cliff after being ninety percent <laughs> off the cliff. It's real good. Um, but yeah, the rescue squad is overwhelmed, and Gallo, who who um you know was released from the prison, like their their you know stuff broke. Uh, he runs alongside the team's cars somehow. <laughs> like he's yeah. just like. <laughs> Very... And he's on fire, and you're like, is is he burnish? Is this and, and like he gets refitted into his thing. He's doing a big, mm-hmm. massive speech while being put out, and like chemicals are applied to him. Yes, we haven't discussed it before. This movie's very funny. <laughs> like the, the like the notion that he's doing his big communa speech while everyone around him is trying to put out the fires that are on him, and he's not bothered by the fact that he's on fire he's just standing there with his arms crossed extolling the virtues of being a firefighter to anyone who will listen and just everything around him is like okay you say your speech we're gonna do the actual technical shit we need to do for you not to die it it's the same brand of comedy as in Guron Lagan when um Kamina unsheaths his sword and it just keeps unsheathing (laughs) it's it's very similar like Um, one of these This person is not behaving on the same level as the rest of the medium right now. And and not like in a way where it's uh, uh, immersion breaking, where you're like, this can't be happening. The, they, they need to explain this with the reality. It's just like a little bit of a faux pas. Oh, like. <laughs> nothing's immersion breaking in this. Because there's, yeah. there's, there's not really immersion to break. You know, we're we're never really immersed. Like we're never really anywhere, Zane. Yeah, we're we're, we're it's a music video. We're just we're here. We're hyped for three minutes, and then we'll go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So uh, Leo has a showdown with Cray until Gallo interrupts him, and they you know they do they talk smack a little bit. Um. He gets Leo into this containment plane, right? That uh, Ina Ina flies. Oh, they're in a hollow deck. Right. Okay. They. They. I mean, they. They're just in a hollow deck. They're just fighting in a hollow deck for a minute until Leo calms down. We. We get a little bit of foreshadowing of like Cray having some sort of energy powers. It's like yeah, surprisingly subtle. Um. But then yeah, Ina drops. Ina drops uh, Gallo and Leo into the freeze lake. Yeah. Into like, you guys need lake. to cool off. Ha ha ha. Um. There's a steam plume because they're on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, back to Coincidence Lake. Yep, uh, I did want to point out one more part that kind of made me laugh is that because it's mech and Japan is mech and mech is Japan, uh, when, citation needed. When citation w- not needed. No, it's it's everywhere. It's all over the place. It, when uh, Leo is piloting his dragon zord 
aura volcano nightmare thing. And um, the Freeze Force guy runs up the arm. Like, we see kind of an image of the dragon's head that he's that the that the freeze force guy is trying to get into mm. and the, it it's trying to get in through like the dragon's eye that is encompassing leo and yeah, yeah. leo s- shuts his eye closed and the dragon's yeah. eyelid s- snaps <laughs> down and the guy's like stupid eyelid <laughs> like <laughs> what are we doing man <laughs> this We're is fire this is a fire dragon <laughs> it has eyelids and it causes physical for it's, it's complete nonsense um, so below the lake, there is some sort of structure and a, a crystalline old man totem tells them to follow down a mystery staircase. I didn't see this coming. It's a Zordon. Of, of all things in this movie, I'm like, what are they doing now? They, 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 you got your ass a Zordon. Um, <clears throat> uh, but also the stakes are being raised because we find out the earth has sped up due to Leo's power surge and due to the fight. So they have to, you know, they have to push off from Earth because the magma's coming now. And it's like, come on, connect those dots, buddy. <laughs> There's a reason for all this. Yeah, they basically say the 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 idea of the of the burnish here, which is that the Promare, which is like the geometry life forms that are inside the burnish, reacts yeah. to being exterminated by getting stronger. Uh, remember, the Promare is a metaphor for uh, social change. So you try to put it out, it just gets stronger. If it gets too strong, well, it's going to burn the whole world up. So mm-hmm. uh, the general, in trying to escape the, 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 the planet undergoing uh, you know, a magma cataclysm, is actually pushing it on. In trying yes. to tamp down the rebellion, he is merely inc- he's inciting the very violence he's trying to avoid. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's as subtle as this movie gets, so I really drank it in. Yeah, it was nice. And the, um, <clears throat> you know, the actual, like, nuts and bolts of that, uh, ontology within this universe is explained by this old man who worked, um, did some research and, and tried to make this engine, uh, without killing people. Well, and he succeeded. And succeeded. He, ev- he eventually and he put his brain, yeah. And he put his brain into a computer and then the governor killed him, and he got it on video. Um, yeah, it, and then we, it we get more exposition. A little bit. like the the scene where he gets killed is like the like it's 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 Bond villain one hundred and one or not Bond villain, but it's 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 executive, it's business executive villain one hundred and one. Where like, and who else knows about this? Oh, other than you and me, no one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude's name is Deus Prometh, so, like, I'm not expecting a lot of subtlety here. Yeah, true. It, this this, this is, exposition sequence is a refractory period from the animation load that we just got blown. It's, it kind of remember reminds me of that Akira moment when they're talking about, like, amoebas getting the strength of humans. Yeah, sure. Like, like we, we just finished a lot of action. We're going to get to more action, so we need to... We need to palate cleanse. We gotta cool our heads off. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking over the, uh, the the summary to see if there's anything that actually needs to be explained. Um, okay, yeah. So, uh, space time, flame from another universe. No, 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 no. no. Stop. You're, you're thinking about it with a brain. Oh, god damn it! 
The Promare, um, the Promare are fire entities from a parallel universe. They they infect the burnish with a mutation, uh, and they say burn stronger. But also, we feel your pain. So can you do it without feeling pain, please, <laughs> or being tortured no, by the don't, man? Don't, you 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 can't. There's no. The Promare is the fuel source for the burnish power, and it has a prime directive. It's best to think of them as like proteans. Like they don't have agency or designs. Like these are accidental mm. life forms that coexist with the burnished. But like I, I think it's a mistake to infer infer, infer an intelligence behind yeah. them. The, the, it gets a little like uh, you know, don't worry about it. Just ha- just have fun. But it is laying the groundwork for the cool stuff that happens later. Which again. As you say, you don't need to kind of think through it. You just kind of have to feel it. Yeah. Um, while this is going on, um, Cray is saying, like, okay, we activate the the project. And uh, Helis is like, but my sister's not on board. And he's like, you know, we got we to gotta get a move on. And she's like, oh, no, the fate of the many versus the one doesn't feel so good when I'm the one. Yeah. Or my sister's the one. <laughs> as, it, as it turns out. Didn't like, realize oh no, that. I'm seeing the weakness in this philosophical position. Am I the philosophical? But also, this guy's just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that helps. Yeah, it makes that that helps make your philosophy a bit more concrete. Uh, uh, the yeah, the computerized old man um, made the same engine but better. It won't kill them. Yeah, it it uh, doesn't also, harvest humans for for fuel. And here's a mech. Yeah, it just it's time for mech. Guys, here's a mech called Deus Ex Machina. Leo is the power source. Gallo is the pilot. We're going to combine. It It's it's the oldest trope. It's the oldest <laughs> mech trope, but it's it's done brilliantly. Like, because mm-hmm. like, okay, so there's like this, this, this notion of burning of, of like, I got to start a fire from Leo. Like he, he needs to like incite civil unrest because things need to change and Mm -hmm. gallo is like my job is to put out fires but i do with a burning spirit i think these words just don't mean the same thing to him it's very strange (laughs) but it is clear ever since they had that like meat cute with the mask falling off Mm -hmm. that they were gonna have to combine in a mech and now they're combining it like this feels logically necessary because this movie doesn't work on logic it works on emotion things feel yeah. true and the it, notion how of th- th- this was the them being this was the big jump yeah that uh gurren Lagan made right the power comes from your belief that it works um and we don't care about the explanation so much right and the fact that it was willing to say that right um yeah and that's the same wh- thing that the movie does the movie is like we don't care about the logic of this scene we want a bigger robot battle, but the logic of every other robot battle has prevented us from making bigger robots. So we're going to shoehorn in a literal deus ex machina to make a bigger robot. And we haven't said anything that explicitly forbids Leo using his power to turn it into his samurai suit. Um, so he's going to do that. Oh, God. The, the, the notion that Gallo doesn't like the, like he can't use the robot effectively because he thinks it doesn't look cool is such yeah. a Gurren Lagann move. <laughs> like they learned all um, the right lessons from Gurren Lagann in yes. so many places. 
and he he gives it he's he says that he summarizes their their kinship like a burning firefighter and an ice cold fire starter mm-hmm. uh and they <laughs> the move that they use is called the fire safety punch or something like that there there are a few of them they're all pretty good but yeah, it is the screaming attacks nature of a studio trigger. So, um, um, but before we get into the big mech battle, um, the kind of third tentpole here. Yeah. Um, Ina contacts her sister and says, "Like, hey, he, there's a lot going on here. This is what the promare is. Here's a pic. Here's a, a video of an old man being <laughs> murdered by the governor. Do with that what you will." Um, yeah, we're not so- we're not asking her to make any any leaps of faith here we're giving her evidence and, of all the things that are right and all the things that are wrong it requires no moral fortitude on the sister's <laughs> part to do the right thing here and yet it seems like she's not because she continues forward with the project i mean yeah she's drank the kool-aid that the um that that general cray has been spoon feeding out to everyone you get yeah. you kind of get the feeling like the upper brass wouldn't second guess cray if he gave them like a broad explanation yeah like we have to do that we have to construct this horrible machine because it's the only way our species survives when your identity or your livelihood are tied up with you believing something that seemed true and is now being shown to be false you you don't change that your brain doesn't your brain doesn't want to suddenly disbelieve that yeah um so yeah, there are uh, some great shots of mechs, uh, his mech kicking the bridge that the governor and people are on, like just like breaking it apart. It's so unglamorous. Um, like the, the, the mechs do two types of attacks. One is balls to the wall, over the top action, cool shit, and the other is just like I'm just I'm kicking I'm, a wall. Yeah, I'm I'm breaking down a fence. Like I'm just gonna I, be I here shot, all though. day, man. <laughs> I love the shot where um, inside of the bridge, you know, because it's getting shaken around, all of the texts and stuff are being thrown side oh, to yeah. side. And the governor is just standing there rooted to the ground. Yeah, with, with, the, arms, with arms crossed, with the Gynax arms crossed thing. Um, yeah, so the governor ejects out in a mech to fight him. Oh, he I, has a... general erupts into a mech is also my note. <laughs> Even though he's the governor, we call him the general because oh, look yeah. at him. My bad, whatever. No, He's it's. Both. I mean, I wrote it too. He's <laughs> like, both and all. He looks like a Mega Man, like Maverick, and I love his weapons because ostensibly these oh, are they're, terraforming tools. They're so cool. Yeah, this is like Dead Space, <laughs> man. This is like all of Isaac's gear that is used to kill zombies. No, he's just trying to put a ship back together, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is not supposed to kill a zombie, but it's all I got. I have a laser that turns matter into soil. Oh, it's like. And, and like, oh, it's so Gallo cool. Has, Gallo makes a very good argument of like, you could do all this, but you can't fix the magma thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I've already decided that I'm migrating off the planet and it suits my, it suits my, my personal needs for being correct to continue on this path. Yeah. So no. Uh, the action, the action of this. Uh, scene is a bit harder to follow just because the designs are bulkier than the ones we saw at the beginning of the of the movie um i have two sentences here fire whip dragon beam versus ice mortar blockade yeah. and multi-dragon hand slam punch versus oh, rocket ice sword with with the with the fucking fingers that are the dragon heads 
Oh, yeah. that's so good. Like Incredible. as like little claws. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in full Dragon of the Darkness flame territory here. Yes. Um but eventually uh Leo like powers up Gallo's fighting spirit or something by making him the Matoy yep. that he used earlier. Yep. Leo, it I I can't get it up, man, unless you dress <laughs> like a samurai. That's the only way this works, my dude. <laughs> like I know you just want to have an easy night in. I know we're trying some other stuff, but we got to fall back on the old samurai routine. <laughs> uh, um, and we find out that Harris was sabotaging the project by overheating the engine. I feel like there was a better and faster whatever, way man. to, to whatever stop she needs dropping to do to make ship on the city. Whatever she needs to do to get the rest of the plot out of the way is like, fine. I don't care. Okay, I could stop the killing people machine or i could put so many people into the killing people machine mm-hmm. i don't know man um so okay yeah oh so, so this yeah is, this but, is but where... harris does destroy yeah. the energy core and now we're firmly in the if i can't have it no one can territory like the general or the the the, the governor is is complete nonsense uh here. and the governor he says um he he has Colonel Vulcan shoot a freezer at the volcano at a volcano that is being used against them, and Gal is like, "Why can't you just use that on the Earth's core?" And the governor says, "You would have to be at the Earth's core to do that." And I'm just thinking, so are they going to do that? Clearly, Leo can survive. Yeah, like, this is very easy. This is so simple. This, All this the is how they're going to finish it. Uh, but then they don't. They go for the radar option. <laughs> well, you have to do the radar option. And and it has to be that option for other metaphorical reasons. What mm. I like is that it's called the Absolute Zero Heat Death Cannon. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Because those are two science... Now we have two science things that don't mean one, that yeah, once together. There, once there's two of them, it's okay. All bets are off. Sure. If it's just yeah, one... It's that... <laughs> if, if it's If it's five gallons... If it's five liters of solvent... And they're nailed to the ceiling. Then we're fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> like right, we're, we're doing a go go dodo. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, no, absolute zero heat death cannon. Infinity big bang storm. Like they're, it's 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 of a piece, my guys. It's just good. Uh, uh, I like the the notion of them having a heat death cannon because uh, the. Um, the governor says, we're probably going to have to fight these fucking Promare on our next planet, so this is the way around that. Yeah. Like, he's like, planning <laughs> pretty far ahead for terraforming, for inevitable conflict with more Promare shit. Like, yeah. he's, he's just so <laughs> gung-ho about the idea of being humanity's savior that he doesn't actually want to save humanity. It's hard to give up power. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, and, and, also, and, also he's a, and also he's a Burnish, too. So yeah, this is this is kind of a cool uh, character moment, right? So like, uh, Cray is provoking them. He's he's Leo is is approaching him, and he he basically forces him to use his flame, and this reveals that Cray is a burnish, not just one, but like stronger than Leo, having a strong enough will to control the flame, um, but he's still going to use Leo like. He recognizes the power that Leo has and is going to use him to power up his engine again, like repower it up. Yeah. Um, even though he is stronger. So I've been working on metaphor for a while here. And to me, fire has meant idealism or like rebelliousness or whatever mm -hmm. you want to put in there. 
So is the idea that Cray used to be a freedom fighter, but then he calcified in his like once he was on top, it went rotten. Rotten is that is that kind of the idea? Well, think about what he's saying. He's saying, uh, yes, I am part of this uh, uh, minority that I have persecuted, but it doesn't matter because I control it. I think of um, one of those self-hating some... hair fire air elementals. There, there's there's some you know rich guy i don't want i don't know i can't bring to mind exactly who but it's like a a, a gay rich guy who's very powerful very political it might be like roger stone or somebody mm. i forget the exact name but like he's gone on record like yeah i mean i i have sex with men but i'm not one of those you know gay people and it's like yeah because because he, he it, it's, can only it's see more it of an identity weakness. yeah it's more yeah. of an identity thing than than the mere definition and it's it's not a one-to-one but it's like clearly this is something that doesn't fit neatly into his schema of the world right. so he has created an excuse by which it doesn't matter even though it's it's factually a part of him maybe he's kind of creating a scenario in which he can still be a quote-unquote rebel like an idealistic yeah. rebel uh, yeah i are, see that are you maybe saying Zane, that he's a rebel without a cause no it never is <laughs> he has a cause. he's not a rebel You've it's never gonna be one of right. these times <laughs> Yeah, just just throw them all at the wall, see what sticks. <laughs> um, uh, okay, and we, al- but- we also find out, uh, you know, this is a different location, but it's still a coincidence. Cray uh, started the fire that burnt Gallo's home, uh, and he kept trying to kill him because he's so annoying. I, <laughs> this is not necessary. <laughs> there's a part of it that I like, and a, which is that he assigned him to the burning rescue, not as like a medal of honor. But, but because it had the highest catastrophe rate. Amazing. <laughs> it's so petty. This is just a guy that you get that you dislike. Like there was at that point there wasn't any need to kill him. He just didn't like right, the but, guy. But before the timeline of this story, he was just a guy. <laughs> like he doesn't fit into your he doesn't have to fit into your skin. He's not even a burnish. You didn't, an alibi. you didn't even have to racism at him. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's give it's, give him a job at the pizzeria. <laughs> it's the the governor is comically petty when it comes to Gallo. It's so ridiculous. Uh, so he restarts the engine at with Leo's power. Leo, as yeah. one could imagine, is pretty pissed off at this point, which mm-hmm. unfortunately for him makes him a good power source, and they're gonna try to restart the engine to get off the planet and doom the world to magma. Um, uh, Gallo survived uh, Kray's attack because Leo protected him. Uh, you know, with fire with can protect plane. you. Yep, that also works in our metaphor-based hierarchy. Yes, when when you uh, engage an allyship, yep. uh, you know, the community is stronger than the individual. Helping a minority helps all of us. It's, it's actually it's, great. It's, it's uh, it's 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 getting better and better the more we talk about it. Definitely. Um, um, and the new and plan he gets is suited up with a new Matoy suit. And a drill that will pierce the heavens. Yeah, th- so the new plan is to take out Kray's um, ship. They have to remove the engine, which is now Leo. So saving Leo, <clears throat> i.e. helping the underclass, is synonymous with saving the Earth, helping everyone. Right. And to do it, I need to uh, break apart this very expensive piece of indul- industrial machinery uh <laughs> through some sort of sabotage yep yeah drill drill baby drill 
Uh, I mean that that part's not one to one, but yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I was just. I, it can also just be a. It can also just be a sentencing. So we get an explosion. There's there's a calm. And but, but I I can I'm sorry. Yeah. I just want to track back to the metaphor of like we can't kill the ones claiming social inequity. We have to save them in order to save ourselves. Like it's it's not an either how, or. How is this not climate change? How is this not? It's not <laughs> an either rights. or situation. Like we we can't just like try to save the rest of us by condemning the few. Yeah. We have to save the few, and that will help everyone. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's very social it, It's the whole uh, an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere uh, uh, yeah. idea where, oh, these struggles are connected. And that then makes, they came for me kind of thing, yeah. That makes um, sense now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so at this point, the freeze force tries to fight them because they're just pissed off roughnecks. They're, 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 they're the jackboots. I have no real problem yeah, with, when, the jack when the world, when the world with the jackboots just around. being shitty. Like, I have no, there's no problem there. When the world comes down around the cops, do you think they will suddenly go Prioritize, to any other verb than oppress? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. So they start fighting Burning Rescue, which, like, there have been two teams so far. One of them's yeah. called Burning Rescue. One of them is Freeze Force. Uh, we need to see them fight. And they yeah, need, they, they've been having this uh, this rivalry they, for years. They, they, they have a fucking professional wrestler feud at this point. Uh, and to free um gallo up so that he can go to the big climax area all the rest of them start fighting the freeze force my favorite Mm -hmm. bit of this animation is the cars crashing into each other and then the dudes in the cars jumping out of the exploding (laughs) cars and headbutting each other yeah honestly that got lost in all the action because because Oh. We're just in it for a long time. Well, that's why I point. wrote it down is because you can lose it so easily. But that little touch of insanity is so funny. Like, it's yeah. that part where Lord Genome comes, climbs out of his mech and breaks the mech with his bare hands. <laughs> Gynex loves doing this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so after they explode the <laughs> transport ship capable of saving humanity... Um, Without having yet solved the problem of the Earth exploding, that'll come later. Uh, yeah, I, I, I give you gills now, or you give me lungs now. <laughs> gills come in a couple of weeks. You don't need lungs. Yes, can't imagine why I would. <laughs> um, so Leo is turning to ash. Right, he has been harnessed too strongly. Yes, and the the scene is all grayscale. Right, we're back to that uh, original uh, hue. Right, and then we see which the we associate with tragedy. Like, by the way. And we have Cray's flame um, incinerating Gallo's suit. Gallo doesn't die again. He has that protective flame. And he says to, to Cray, like, I'm going to save him. I'm going to save the Earth. And I'm even going to save you. Uh, he punches him. Oh, um, no, dude. It's it's even better than that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save him, save them, save the Earth. And save you. And each of them are accompanied by a different hand gesture. A different dramatic pointing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so so good. He's given the Oscar bait performance. It's the best. And he thinks it's the best. (laughs) And that makes him powerful. Yes. Um, So he is going to infuse the flame back into Leo with chest compressions. And when that doesn't work, he has to do mouth to mouth. And it seems to work, right? Like... There, it, we saw it kill the woman or, or lay her to rest earlier. Here it's bringing Leo bringing back to life. And it seems 
Like, Gallo is going to do the gay panic thing. Oh, Zane, this is my favorite. I'm so glad that you had a similar reaction. Please, go for it. <laughs> and you're like, I, but, but Promare, mm. I was holding you in such high esteem. Mm. Surely you're better than that. And, and he says, oh, no. Oh, my God. I'm freaking out for the first time because for the first time in my life, I lit a flame. <laughs> Buddy guy, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the best joke I have ever heard. <laughs> Like, it's, what it, masterful it, manipulation of the audience in this exact social moment. It subverts so well. <laughs> I, I I had a different take on it. Well, it, the same take, but I uh, had a catchy tagline for it. No pyro. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, Zane, the, Py- the, that, pyro was one of the X-Men as well. Very good. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Iceman. Anything to say about that? The Iceman cometh on Pyro. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Zane, um, this, yeah, this so entire scene is just a hu- such a huge unburdening of my spirit. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen, especially from Japan, they're not particularly good at not doing the no homo defense. Like, they, they, yeah. they, 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 they use it not maybe as much as Americans, but enough to where that was the obvious point. I, I saw a, um, an interview uh, of these guys, like just like a couple of snippets or something, where they were interviewing the creative team, and they're like, "Tell us, is Leo like the cutest Bishonin you've ever drawn?" And they're like, "You know, they're like my children. I would never, <laughs> <laughs> I would never rank them." And they're like, "Who would win in a fight uh, between Gallo and and Kamina?" And I think it was the the phrase was something like, "After a terrible conversation, we've decided that we we can't talk to you about this. <laughs> we can't tell you." <laughs> That's so cute. Because, like, every other... If you remove the fact that they're both men from it, everything else is going for it. They're opposed forces. They're both... Yeah, yeah. They're the, one of them's the obvious hero. One is the obvious anti-hero. Um, one of them's, quote-unquote, ice cold. One of them's burning hot. Uh, that, and they even had that, um, that meet-cute moment with the mask separating. Everything else is going for it. So for them to have the climactic CPR kiss... Yeah. If it was, if they tried to play it off in a not romantic way, it would have been it. My if, my if that would was, have shattered my non-existent immersion. Yeah, if this was Hollywood, and they either like did the gay panic thing, or had it be only between a man and woman, or do it as two men, and then like in the movie pat themselves on the back for being so progressive. Yeah, that would have been immersion breaking. But here it's just like, or or oh, they shit, would no, later shack that up perfectly with, fits their character. Or they would later sh- shack up with like deuteragonists that happen to be women, like both of them do, so that the, the audience is like, oh okay, well. And it's we, with the two sisters, and then they like yep. wink to each other, yep. and then high know, five, freeze frame, <laughs> freeze frame, <laughs> fire frame. No, it's it, complete. I completely agree. Like this is the best of all possible worlds, where they still made a joke out of it. But they subverted the expectations of the audience so precisely that I had the joke to like, was on us. The joke wasn't on the minority. Th- yes, that's that's the way to do it. And um, also, just and, like you know, and and yeah, removed from that, the notion that Gallo is having an existential crisis because he might have started a fire is yes. is so beautifully cute and. What a, what an adorable little dipshit he is! <laughs> this man who has run roughshod over the city <laughs> you know, <laughs> by way of collateral damage, um, but it, but it, but it fits. Um, getting back to the plot, so yes. uh, Leo recommends that they burn the earth to the ground, and he explains. You're like, wait a minute, does that mean incomplete? 
burn must mean something different to you than I know. <laughs> he says their combustion is incomplete. We need that to let them burn it out just once. Now, Ben, incomplete combustion yeah. is when there is not enough oxygen for the carbon to be converted to carbon dioxide. Mm. In, say, a wax candle, if you do it in a uh, room that doesn't have a good airflow, you will get some carbon monoxide or you will get some soot. You know, this, this is how that works. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of we need to combust it fully um, <clears throat> does make sense in a purity sort of sense or, like, you know, with the promare needs this pure... Like, they need to satisfy this urge. They need to have the... Um... The, the, the climactic Lion King battle so that it can rain and then we can recover. But it just, it, it doesn't, like, I get it. It kind of, it, it works on that, like, gut level. Like, yeah, okay, this is a feelings-based. And the fact that fire can protect the earth as well, also feelings-based and, and, and works. Um, it just, like, the, the terminology, again, kind of takes me out of it. Their combustion is incomplete. Like, okay, so it's, it's good that they burnt you guys up. You know that that does kill you, right? Like, it, there's just, um, it, it works in the end, but it feels a little uh, confusing when I'm supposed to, at this point in the plot, not have any questions about what's happening. Yeah, the, I, I, I don't disagree. Like, there were moments in this movie where I was like, the logic of it is breaking down for me, and I'm having a hard time with it. I had most of those moments earlier on, and that by this point, I was so, I was so cued into the metaphor of this fire of the promare that I was letting that take the driver's seat. So it was easier for me because I was just like, okay, basically we have all of this injustice on a societal level. We have expressed to everyone, don't suppress the underclass, Mm -hmm. but we still have all of this, 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 this pent up frustration and energy. What do we do? We let the rebellion tell us what is necessary. We, we let the fire burn itself yeah. out, and then it will naturally return to a form that we can all kind of cohabitate under. If you just let the metaphor carry you, it plays a lot easier. The metaphor works fine. My issue is they've crammed so much like world-building exposition into the back half that if you're still in that mindset, you start asking questions because now they've trained you to think that way as well. Yeah, I think maybe just I... I had gotten enough in the way of volcano dragons that I uh, had. I was able to check that part of my brain off. Mm -hmm. Um, It certainly doesn't make logical sense. No. Yes, but but they do the thing that they've shown us they can do, which is use fire to protect people from flame. Yeah, rebellious energy Um, does not inherently have to be destructive. Yeah, it becomes destructive when you suppress the fucking thing. But it doesn't have to be. Um, they they use color expertly here. Up until now, the the like repression has always been this pink, you know, um, pink flame or pink triangles. Here it's green, hmm. right? It's a healing, uh, yeah, healing approach the, to the flame. Yeah, and it's also like just really cool. Like there's fire tidal waves. <laughs> yeah, coming no, out. It, it it all looks incredible. The only note I had at this point was, and then it's complete space nonsense. I don't know if you can a little bit that. of two thousand one kind of kind of level shit, um, but better because there's a mech. There is a mech. Well, so before they had the Leo de Gallon, which is you know the mech they used to fight, and now they're and they even say like, what I I, I named it well. I could have made it you know Gallo de Leon and put my name first, but I didn't because I respect you. <laughs> but now it is the Gallo de Leon, um, where they combine 
there's and there's a top the earth. there's a top and bottom joke in there somewhere. Oh sure sure. Uh, they punch the earth back into health. That's so what your, funny. What was your read on this? That's so good. My read is that it's the best. <laughs> I like. I don't have a texture. <laughs> Zane, I don't have. I don't have the terminology to express why that's great. We're, we're okay. So the reason it's that just this so works, funny, and the uh, the other part uh, didn't for me. Now we are clearly back into music video territory. We're back into. So, Zane, this is the thing that we're coming up against again, is that we're now back into the territory of one logical inconsistency makes me tear my hair out. Two yes. at the same time? Fuck it. Do what you want, Fromare. Fire covers uh, the planet and prevents the other fire from killing it? Okay, I kind of see it. The fire reaches into the sun and expands outward I have the solar no, system as a dragon. I had no idea. There was no explanation that could exist? No. Therefore, I don't need one. Yeah, they, they've abandoned. <laughs> they've abandoned logic. They've abandoned restraints of any kind, real or imagined, and are just yeah. painting the picture they want to paint, which is hey, we got to get to space. We're Gynax. So there you go. I wrote um, the pro mayor laughs or something. Is, did that happen, or is that just kind of my summary of what? So I saw. So the way this all broke down, the way they like tried to tie it in a knot at the end, which I don't think works particularly well, nor did we need it, was that mm -hmm. um, the pro mayor was like, "Yep, we burned a lot of good shit. Time to go back to our home planet. My home planet needs me." And the pro mayor just <laughs> yeah. just just exits all of the burnished, and so we don't have to worry about spontaneous combustion anymore. Um, that is how the plot tells us i don't think that's necessary i think that's actually kind of doing a disservice like it, the, it, like it it, it, it it paints the burnished as like as like they were only dangerous while they were repressed. a distinct a distinct species or a distinct like you know fragment of the population but now that we've assimilated them they're fine like it, it felt uncomfortable to me it it, it it fits the um, cosmology and the science fiction aspect of it, but doesn't work with the metaphor. And yeah. it's uh, jarring because it happens right at the end. Um, yeah. And they, they couldn't have just Gallo and Leo share a kiss while everyone applauds. No, because they are cowards. Zane, why, why, why didn't they just have Gallo and Leo kiss while the audience applauded? Because it's not... Uh, because they're bros, man. They're just bros. <laughs> just bros hanging bros. <laughs> I mean, did you didn't you see the credits? They're broing out, man. I saw. Believe me, I saw the saw the bro credits. Um, but yeah, Promare um, all go to their back to their dimension, leaving our world forever. And Gallo yeah, inducts no more... Leo into Burn and Rescue. Yeah, and there's no more Burnish, right? Like he's just a normal human now. The okay, so there. Yeah, this was some of the ontology. The Burnish are mutants who can tap into the Promare's, like, vibes or something. Yeah, it, it struck me more as, like, a body possession kind of thing. But it 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 doesn't actually matter because, again, it's all it's all feels. Yeah, you think about it too far, it starts to undercut the metaphor. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I just think that it could have been stronger with, like, oh, these people who were part of the rebellion need to be integrated in our society, and that requires them to lose their former identity that doesn't feel good yeah it's it's this um it's this way to like it, this, it tries to you know tie it in a bow in a way that i think is counterproductive i've had some conversations that, that remind me of this of like 
the idea that justice can be more than the lack of injustice um, is how it's been explained to me of like, you know, it's it's possible for that uh, revolutionary and anti-authoritarian spirit to persist even in, you know, uh, 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 an, ev- an equal and uh, even level, you know, without hierarchy, mm. even a society without that. Um, to me, it's a distinction without a difference because, like, we're not there yet. Yeah, I struggle to imagine I, a world I, where that's true. But I can definitely envision an ending to this movie where the flame is still there in some form, but they have control, or maybe everybody has a little, or like... Yeah, everybody has a little you know, they're, feels they're better seen than... as They're seen as special, and, like, rather than demonize them for this thing they can't control, we, uh, you know, we give people suits that can uh, yeah. uh fire extinguish but we give them to everybody because they're stylish and cool like something to make it more inclusive uh, empowering our differences yeah. rather than then trying, trying to sand everything down yeah yeah it's it's they're they're doing the space thing instead of the metaphor thing at this point and i don't sure. blame them because like they kind of did they 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 blew a lot of loads just prior to this and i don't think they really knew how to write an ending yeah i'll, I'll grant you that and it, it isn't like the biggest faux pas it just it kind of irked me because you know aside from a few missteps it was firing pretty good on the metaphor front for most of this it wasn't subtle but it was a metaphor that i appreciated in a number i would have hated if this was subtle i can't even imagine what this this doesn't look like anything when it's subtle (laughs) it looks like abstract art at that point Mm -hmm. um anyway that's the end of the movie that's promare yeah Credits, jazz. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um. Thinking back on it, I, I watched most of it today. I watched a little last night, but I watched most of it today. And going through it just now, I realized how little we had to talk about in terms of the things that were actually impressive to us. Because a lot of it is so much in those crunchy five-minute insanity segments mm-hmm. that do not translate well to audio medium, like a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's, if it's you are... There. Yeah, if you have kind of been interested in promare and like what we were talking about doesn't feel all that impactful you're right the things that we talked about were not that impactful because we couldn't talk about the impactful things they they don't lend themselves to explanation right you, if if you just read a, a beat by beat summary of the plot this reads like a lot of stereotypical shonen, a, a bit more, you know, in the X-Men vein than the, the you know, oh, I'm trapped in another world and I'm full of corn yeah, um, kind of thing. But, like, it does feel more standard. The way that it succeeds is in the metaphor, in the delivery, in the uh, animation, and just the, the commitment to this over-the-top aesthetic where it's, if, if they brought it down a little bit it would have felt overbearing but because it's all at that maximum level it's actually very effective in what it's trying to do it is it is it's just it's trying to do a much um a much more narrow thrust than something like a Gurren Lagann which had dozens of episodes to bear out everything that it wanted to do or like an Akira which was like about 
more complicated things than this. And also, and so like, twice the runtime. Rather than just the weird animation. And also, it was like uh, twice the runtime, and it was condensed down from a, an existing manga, which you can't, it can't help but be more complex in delivery. Sure. But yeah, this is, you this could... is a exquisite work of a very particular type of art. So the reception that yeah. you, you, it, you 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 don't don't go in expecting a lot of different things done well. It does one thing really well and a few things fine. Yeah, it it and it's definitely enjoyable even just on its face, right? Like, oh, I I you don't need had to be a great time watching this dissecting it in this uh, real world metaphor because again, the director told us there's no real world analog to any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. It's still just a blast to, like, sit through. When you're watching a movie and you're trying to dissect it, there's a, usually a lot of, like, thematic elements you can chew on. And for a lot of that, for a lot of this movie, there just weren't. There was just yeah. visual noise that was more, it, not not merely pleasant, it was fantastic. Like, yeah. spectacular is the word to use like in, in this the, is a really like good the movie root at, spectacle this is a really good movie at keeping the audience in the present yes they, they they don't let the mind wander they don't let the mind overanalyze or question it's just here we are and you know what there is a cost to that because there's moments in this movie that do feel clunky in its explanation and there's parts of the metaphor that get lost because we wanted to do something zany and, and outlandish uh, yeah. And that's that's fine. That's actually, <laughs> it's great that they don't feel the need to do everything great. Um, I I love that <laughs> yeah, Studio Trigger is is trying to do a few specific things extremely well in their very unique style. Um, do you think that um, you know, just if if you were trying to expose people to this style? of anime you know because we talked about trigger and their work uh, a lot do you think this or like the first three episodes of gurren lagan do a better job of selling you on this maximalist aesthetic too biased i can't i can't answer that that's like sure i think gurren lagan uh but i have the patience to watch an entire 26 episode anime that i think is Hmm? outstanding like if i just wanted someone to get a smattering i you know i honestly would probably just go for cyberpunk edge runners Oh, okay. Because that does a lot of the similar things, but it actually does have a nicely nuanced story. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's kind of the medium approach. Like, the, this is... The, 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 the Studio Trigger spectrum goes, like, heavy in plot construction and character writing on the Gurren Lagann side of things and heavy on the spectacle on the Promare side of things. Edge Runners is somewhere in the middle there. But all of those do, like, that. that's kind of doing a disservice to Gurren Lagann because it's also spectacular. You just have to, <laughs> it's, it's a tilted spectrum, right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, abs- absolute recommendation for uh, really, really anybody who's uh, looking for a good time and doesn't mind being on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, if you wanted something like a Michael Bay experience, but in a thing that furious, was... Mad Max. But it... In a something that wasn't so blockbustery, like in something that was more uh, fringe or, you know, the, the steampunk aesthetic, like that that lends itself more toward uh, 
toward, um, you know, cult classic kind of territory. If you wanted something a little bit more offbeat, but still a spectacle in the way of a Michael Bay movie, this is fantastic. Yeah, or, or like one of those Marvel movies, but not one of the, like, main serious ones, maybe like uh, Thor Ragnarok or something, where it's like a little off kilter. There's a few scenes that are really well put together and cool, but there's also just a lot of like, this, this is our aesthetic, man. Do you like the vibes? Thor, Thor, you like the vibes. Thor Ragnarok is a similar level of do you like the vibes? And I actually dislike Thor Ragnarok to a pretty extreme degree. <laughs> uh, but this is animated and extremely well. And Thor Ragnarok just uh, didn't scratch an itch for me. So your mileage may vary, but... Uh, Zane and I both seem to have liked this quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Bro, bro, fight the power. Okay, let's uh, let's close up shop, Ben. Yeah. Um, what are we gonna watch next time? Next time we will be watching. God damn it! Uh, Total Drama Island. Got it. Nailed yeah, it, Total Drama Island. Have you started looking into this? Oh, of course not. No. Um, I will be watching a lot of it soon. I assume. And yeah. uh, I'm about halfway through season three, and I got to tell you, it, it, <laughs> it really takes you on a ride. You're kind of a parasite. You're, you're like <laughs> you're like a filthy little urchin when it comes to when it comes to a survivor and reality TV in general. And I, I'll be excited. They, I don't know. They just they nailed it. <laughs> well, because like yours is the only trustworthy voice on that podcast. So I'll be really struggling for things that are actual <laughs> but that I can actually ask. It, it's just like a season of you only really need to watch the first season you don't need to watch all of it but it is very much Thank like you. survivor where the first few episodes you're like too many names too many faces i can't keep track but then you get into you're like okay they've gotten rid of a lot of the chaff and now these personalities are really starting to click okay okay yeah i'll i'll, I'll try to come to it with an open mind i, I I found it pretty uh, endearing, and it is definitely watchable while doing other things. <laughs> oh, it I never it never crossed my mind <laughs> that I would not be playing something on the other monitor. Um, yeah, very excited to uh, watch all of the rest of that. Yeah, uh, I'll be excited to watch some of it and then ask you why you like Survivor. Uh, and Zane, after Total Drama Island, what do we have next? Ben, we are uh, starting our guest list of people hitting things that they uh, want to come on and talk about, um, you know, get in before the finish line. Uh, and we are going to start with Josh, who has requested X-Men Evolution. Ooh, so, nice. Ben, I don't think we talked enough about Magneto today. <laughs> we certainly have not, not really given a uh, concise takedown of Wolverine and the Wolverine, Wolverine archetype and the Wolverine menace. Mm-hmm. So I'll be excited to do that. <laughs> Oh, you see, you see him as a menace. I see him as a menace. Yeah, Parker, get me Wolverine. <laughs> well, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. So if you have anything to say about X-Men Evolution or Total Drama Island, uh, which you don't, but you could go or to Or any Apple of the sequels. So each season is actually its own series. Could Total Drama Action go or the film lot. to <laughs> fancybat.com slash cartoncast and hit our contact page up there. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It really helps us out and it validates our existence. And more than anything else, please tell the pro mayor to chill out. Take a chill yeah, pill, my trying dudes. to set me on fire. I don't have, like, mentally I don't have the tools to deal with no, that no, impulse no, no. you're giving me. No, 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 you don't understand. In our world, fire means good. Un right. Oh, well, be unless it's bad. We can do that sometimes here as well, but, like, there's some distance to be had. Mm. 
fire in the engine, good. Fire in the body, not good. I don't think fire in the engine is good. I don't know how the engine works. I guess you put a guy in and press the by, and you turn the key. By definition, has fire inside of it. It's little elves that are running on a cycle and it powers the car. I'm not an engineer. <laughs> Or an engine. But I do have the soul of an islander who firefights. <laughs> the soul of a Far East Islander. God damn it. They don't do anything with that. It's so funny. It, it's there and nowhere else. Like, they could have... I would like to steal this visual iconography for my own purposes, please. I'll, I'll be honest. Except for the intro where they talk about major cities and that one line, I forgot it was Earth. Uh-huh. It, like, <laughs> it could have been any planet. <laughs> yeah. この声が闇に虚しく吸い込まれ